Yes, yes, people, we are back live. We are back live on the Sarcasm City TV YouTube for the return of the Sarcasm City TV Sports Specials. So for those that haven't seen the Sarcasm City TV Sports Specials before, it's where I sit down one-on-one -on -one with the biggest and best content creators in the footballing game, people. And it's about giving people their flowers and also me being able to talk to people I'm fans of as well. So before I get to you know what I'm saying, the special guest of this edition of the Sarcasm City TV Sports Special. Make sure you hit the like button on the video. Vitally important you do that. Hit that like button whether you're watching this live right now or watching this back. Please share across all of the socials as well. And on top of those two things, make sure you subscribe to the channel Sarcasm City TV as well. So I'm not going to go on because this show is not about me. Special guest I'm about to introduce. He's been on the channel before. Um, yeah, he's been on the channel before. Blessed to know him first and foremost. Just a stand-up individual first and foremost. Like, let's get that out of the way. Making his debut on the Sarcasm City TV Sports Special. So this is way, way long overdue. Um, cut straight to the chase. That's one thing i got to say about man. Cut straight to the chase calls a spade a spade and I respect that whether I agree or disagree with him one of the most entertaining without doubt EV entertainment value without doubt whatever he was talking about this guy would have gone clear speaking into a microphone without doubt and I've said it before and I say it again he is your favorite content creators favorite content creator God welcome my light hammers James Redmond into the building yes James what are you saying man? good holds everything about the same to you brother that was probably the best intro I've ever been given so don't get me wrong I am now gas for the rest of the day good, um, big up yourself bro honestly I really appreciate those words and I'm very happy to be on the show it sounds like it's a big week, a big week for the channel so what I want to see from everybody i want to see high interaction i want to see comments i want to see likes and i want to see you supporting this channel because uh flawless is going out the way getting some huge guests not just myself other people uh to make this uh platform even better for everyone so let's show that support and yeah man let's have a belter show you know what i mean let's yeah, uh, let's 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 do the straight up as we like to do you know what i'm saying 100 percent. it's only right that we have to do it only right large up to everyone in the comment section already i see all you are big up ravi big up warrior j stephanie g kai uh steve as well kingsman's ravi etc etc so get your questions in of course if you super chat we'll get to it as well and as you can see from the title of this video people can liverpool challenge for the premier league so that's what we will be discussing mainly and getting james's thoughts on other things liverpool as well but yeah james we'll start there you've done a lot of business obviously signed McAllister, signed shabazzlai into lavio got rid of um henderson fabinho's out so it yeah. seems that klopp and liverpool are going again so what's your thoughts yes. I'm happy with what's done so far. Always sceptical mm. with what could still happen because it's okay to let Henderson and Fabinho go. But if you don't mm. at least intend to replace what they was and not what they have been over the past 12 months, but what mm. they was in their peak, because right. you have to then see a bad spell to see somebody truly out of their peak time. So Fabinho was like, yeah. I, 18 months of poor, poor performances and poor football was enough reference for me to say, okay, I am fine with now replacing Fabinho. Not mm. because peak Fabinho was bad. Peak Fabinho was amazing. But if he's not that no more, it's like Hammers compared himself to when he was 17. Not the same <laughs> dude. Talking about two different people. So that's why in this sense, I'm fine with Henderson going. I'm fine with Fabinho going. Now, can we sit there and definitively say we can trust this uh, ownership? to go and replace the uh, players required at the volume required too. So one more CTM 
at least, and I'd argue more to be honest, than I can delve into that. But yeah, and then that also a centre back, which hmm. is undisputable, undisputable. <laughs> that we need a centre back. That's not even a, a that's not even a question right now. So if you raise those points to me, I think yeah. the club are actively looking for a centre back, and I hmm. know we are desperate for the CDM. Based on the collective information that I've gathered from all the sources that I see, you've got to paint your own sort of picture. This is my opinion. Doesn't mean it's what happened. Um, I think Klopp wants a centre-back. But then I also know, based on track records, we needed midfielders 12 months ago, but because we wanted Jude Bellingham, we thought, okay, let's hold out for a year in hope that we're all able to get our dudes. I don't know if you've done the same with Sancho. Maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah, that, hey, that's a whole different type of Because that was a crazy situation as well. I, that's the thing. I don't know. There was probably a lot more to that situation. But in our case, you know, we delayed bringing in potential short-term solutions to yeah. accommodate a possible, that didn't end up happening, long-term solution in Jude Bellingham. So that's why, like, yeah. I sit there now and think, can, can I trust the board to go out and get a centre-back? I don't know, because let's say if it's Colwell that we want, or yep. let's say it's it's Colwell or someone else, and if you don't get Colwell or him, what do we do now? Because maybe option three isn't as, nowhere near as good as option one or two. <laughs> got so you, got you, got you. we'll just wait until next season, which in some senses it's logical, but then in some senses mm. it's very dangerous if you want that short-term success. So don't in one sense uh, sentence say we want to go and compete, but then not show the element of competing. Because Real Madrid wouldn't just wait for their target in a long period of time. They're <laughs> they going to they go and get right someone now. right now. Yeah, yeah, for the season. Exactly, that, that makes, exactly. That makes, that, makes full, that makes full sense. So where do you stand on that? Do you see, if you don't sign Caldwell, because it doesn't seem you will, That's right. do, you ex, do you expect Liverpool to go and sign someone else? Or maybe you think different. Maybe you're in the, the minority. You think you might, you might still get Caldwell. Not Colwell, not Colwell. Not Colwell. I, I, okay. I'm pretty certain we'll, we'll not get him. But let's just say if there's not a clear second option who we're very happy with getting, um, that's what I'm unsure about. I mean, there's some report, like Paul Joyce, for instance, he said Klopp really wants a centre-back, but then, you know, there's times where Klopp has really not wanted something and then we've got it, and then he's really wanted something and then not got it. So all I do with this is, okay, Jürgen Klopp is clearly the, the spokesperson for who is the owners of this football. He's not going to come out and tell the, the media anything conflicted between him and the ownership. He doesn't respect the media. doesn't like the media. Why is he going to go and give you information for you to just go and twist and put into your own words? Makes no That's sense, you know? Yeah, so yeah, even I... if he's got a problem with his, uh, with the ownership, there's actually zero productivity him coming out and, and, and going against the ownership, you know, especially if it's just a difference of one transferred and whatever. And also, you don't know what the picture is being painted from the owners. So it's like if you have a boss and this thing's going wrong with the business, maybe your pay has been delayed. They can lie about what's happening to you. You don't know the intricacies. You don't know. Like, okay, maybe Klopp's eyes. Maybe he's not sitting there thinking, FSG are oh, not giving me a midfielder. How dare they? Maybe it's, well, oh, we're really trying. We're at this stage, but we just need to see how things pan out. You know what I mean? Hopefully you can bear with us. And then it gets to the end of the window and you end up with Arthur Mello. You know? So, two <laughs> weeks ago, two, no, but two weeks ago, I'm just trying to paint a picture in your head flawless so you understand <laughs> yeah, the, the idea. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. two weeks prior to signing Arthur Mello, we don't want Arthur yeah. Mello. We, oh, sorry, uh, Klopp says we don't want a midfielder. That's yeah. prior to signing him. At the end of the window, let's go and get Arthur Mello. And I just want to understand the, the, the logical sense there. That's all I want to know. Yeah, that don't make no type of sense. Because then that's a definitive factor on who do you blame, the manager or the owners. I think it's pretty one way, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
it, it, there's loads of things. So I, I do think we can get a midfielder and a centre-back. Mm. Will they be of quality is a different question. Will oh, it be yeah. the people we expect is a different question. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd say I'm 60-40. I'd say I'm 60 leaning towards we'll get those two positions. So you'll get... All right, so let's say you do. And let's say you do sign a DM of quality, whether that's yes. Lavia or not, which we'll get into. Yep. Let's say you get a centre-back of quality. Yeah. What is then your expectation of what Liverpool need to do? in what what Liverpool need to do in the season in terms of Premier League, in terms of Europa League, FA Cup, League Cup, because your team on paper, as much as it pains me to admit as a United fan, looks good. Yes. If you do add a quality DM and a centre-back as well. Yeah, let's, let's in this example then, hmm. use Laviette and Colwell, because I'm yeah, fine yeah, yeah. with both of those players, by the way, as as yeah, the way I players. think of it, because these are two <laughs> young players, so will yeah. Lavia be Fabinho straight away? No. Will Van Dijk yeah. be Van Dijk straight away? No. But Jürgen Klopp has got three years left on his deal. That's important yeah. because we don't know. Klopp's kind of similar to Pep. You, you never know if they're going to extend by the end of the deal. Yeah, you, you know, know what I mean? You think, like, they kind of <laughs> just leave you hanging for a little bit longer, don't they? They just tease you to see if, you, if, if they're going to actually sign that extension and then next thing you know, it happens. So the reason why I raise this is because, OK, mm. Jürgen Klopp is the best man for the circumstances. I don't think there's many people who could have came into this specific structure of a football club and achieved what he's done. So I have my full trust for him to rebuild this team. Now, to rebuild this team, you need to have young players. And that's why I want to tend on Fabinho to go. They have bounced off the ceiling. That's all it is. If you've bounced off the ceiling, there's no way you're going to get better. I want to now get better. So you might still be good for fifth place, but we don't want fifth place. So the the, the achievements you want doesn't align with the players you've got. However, Lavia can be this. So he is one of the most established young sixes in Belgium coming through the Anzalek system, personally identified mm. by Pep Guardiola, now personally identified by um, by Jürgen Klopp. Not to okay. mention, you know, some people paint the picture, oh, he's had one good season in the Premier League, la di da da Well, now I can spin that reference and say, well, yeah. you were twerking for Jude Bellingham. And I can also <laughs> reword that sentence. I can reword the sentence, get on this floor, so I can say, well, now he came straight into the Premier League yeah. at the young age of 19 and teared it up in a team that finished 20th. Yeah, he did. He played it. very well. I can, can spin it. I, yeah, can, I right. can spin it in the exact same vein. So, yeah. in, you you now got to remove age, mm. remove experience. Now let's analyze the player. Let's analyze the attributes, and now let's mm. analyze who he's pairing up with as a, as a coach. <laughs> I like this combination. So Best. I like Lavia and I like Colwell. And then when you coincide that with the fact that Jurgen could be leaving in twenty twenty six, that's now two to three years of development where they've been in the team and got used to the system. So by the time Jürgen leaves, or if he signs for two more years, he's got two established players in yeah. two very important positions. Yeah, that, no, that's, hey, that's a great answer. See, man, this is why you're here. See, people, see how we kick off the Sarcasm City specials with man like James Redmond in the building. Oh, no. You already know, let's bump up the likes, people. Let's bump up the likes. Because it's just under 50. How's Wi-Fi got us again? <laughs> it's cool. Make sure you... Bump up Did the you get likes, the point? Up to 40 likes. Did you say Scouse Wi-Fi? Is that what you said? Scouse Wi-Fi, yeah. Did you, did you get the point I was trying to say as well on the on the previous thing I was talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lab, yeah. In regards, yeah, yeah, yeah. We heard all yeah. of that. Yeah. So you were talking about right, the le- right. them levelling up and being under those coaches. And I like this, not the spin, but you mentioning how people have said Lavia had one good season, but then Jude Bellingham also was in the same bracket pretty much. And people wanted him like but he was going to be the But then people reply saying, oh, Jude Bellingham, that's different. That's di-. But that's why you can't use age as the definitive thing. You can't say, oh, just because he's 19, it's not going to work out. Now we need to analyse the attributes the same way that you would yes. for Jude Bellingham. So my personal assessment on Lavia is based on attributes and not age. And I don't think age would be the, the sole factor. 
bro. That's first. That's first. Large up to everyone in the chat as well. Because um, some people in the chat, I can't put the comments up on the screen because I put it on public on the YouTube and not on the stream yard. So if you see me looking to my right, it's because I'm looking at the comment section, people. But any good questions, any no super more. chats we will get to, just letting you lot know as well. Warrior J said, James, how would you rate Liverpool's transfer market, so transfer window so far? Um, okay, so far, because it's not done, um, I'm very happy with what we've done so far. So based on we've made two signings, out of the two signings, am I happy with both? Yes, so I'd say an eight so far. I'd say an eight. Okay, so you have made good business. And then obviously, and also as well, let me get to this one. This is from, where is it? Basically, there's a comment from Paul Joyce anyway, stating that you are you are going to up your bid in regards to Romeo Lavio. Is that something that you're, That's right. you're all for? Yes, that's that's right. I, yeah. I, I'm definitely for it. I'm definitely mm. for it. I like Lavia. I think he's got good attributes. He's a good ball carrier. He's not as defensively imposing as Fabinho was, mm. but I feel like with the changes and the tweaks in the system that we're attempting yeah. to make, Klopp vocally admitting that we want to become a more on the ball team. I think Lavia, Thiago was a backup. Sobislai and McAllister in the in the midfield. I think that works really well. Yeah, because that's what it was. Yeah, Liverpool to step up pursuit of Romeo Lavia by making a second bid closer to Southampton's 50 million asking price. And that is yes. from Paul Joyce. So what then what would you say is success for Liverpool this coming season? What are you this looking season. for? Oh, yeah, this season, would you say, all right, we've had a successful season if we do X, Y and Z? It's a good, it's a good question. In my opinion, you know, I'm looking to step up kind of probably where you was 12 months ago. You know, now let's go get yeah. top four. And if we can get a trophy, brilliant. Now, because yeah. we're in the Europa League, that now makes me think, well, we definitively need a trophy. You know, yeah, we're, yeah. We're Liverpool, we, 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 we thrive on European history. Even though it's not the Champions League, it's still going to add to the European to uh, trophy total. Mm. Let's go out there and try and get this trophy because I feel like that's important. You know what I mean? It's important to add to the European tallies and whatnot. So I think we can go out and, and put a push for the Europa League. And also it's about experiences. If you go to Dublin, Dublin's like a second home for Scousers. So I think that could be a laugh. Um, there's positives that can be made out of, of, of this season. You know, oh, even with Europa League football, you can you can play younger players. There's, there's someone who I'm particularly excited, Ben Doke. Who's, who's a youngster in our team. And I and I think, you know, Europa League can be a good platform for him and a few other young players coming in the team. So for me, get me top four, get me a trophy. I think that's a nice step in this sort of new phase of Jürgen Klopp's tenure at Liverpool. I'll take that. That's fair, because I think you should. I look at the Europa League and go, you're the best team there, you should win that. Obviously, domestic yeah. cups, you'll be in and around that. So in terms of the league, where were you looking at? You said top four. Would you be happy yeah. with fourth? Are you saying it has to be second? Do we have to challenge Manchester City? Where where are you at with in your thought process with that? Well, now we need to analyse where are Liverpool, okay? So yes, if we are going good. to attribute Liverpool 97 points and 99 points, of course, yeah. top four is an atrocious feat. Now, if we're going to go off the back of a fifth place finish and no trophies won, that's mm. a huge issue. And also now let's yeah. add the fact that we have cleared out the majority of our squad. Six midfielders gone. 90 million worth of midfielders in Oxlade and Kater, gone. Two legends in Henderson and Fabinho, gone. Milner, gone. So think about it. Like, all these key figures in the dressing room and actually key figures in the squad, these were playing the majority of our games and these were the spine and the middle of our team. So now that this is finished, you've got to kind of look at that as a bit of a restart, you know? A lot of your That's top fair. players has just gone. So, okay, a restart. Now, this is the start of this next phase for Jürgen. If Jürgen can start a new phase, the way the way he came in and got us the two finals, that's got a you. good start from where we was. Got you. So we're fully exactly. Understand. So now, if we fast forward to here, of course, traditionally it's good if we're competing. 
But if it's the first season of the new rebuild, McAllister's coming from Brighton, Soberslai's coming from Leipzig, these guys have potential, but they're yeah. not the guys yet. So now this is the platform to showcase whether or not they are the guys. Because the true determining factor on whether if you are the guy or not is if you've got the play, uh, the platform to show it. So the reason why Dimitri Payet will never be called super world class is because he's done it at West Ham. It's why he yeah. would have never won the Ballon d'Or, no matter how well he's done at West Ham. <laughs> he, he, West he's Ham. never won the Ballon d'Or because well, he never had the platform to showcase what was arguably the best player in the Prem that season, near enough, you know what I mean? He was quality but that season. He was, he was up class. there, he was up he there was at least. That season. You think if he was around better players. So now that's what we've got to look at. First of all, we've got to set the premise of how good McAllister and Sobersly is, and this is their mm -hmm. first case study with a platform like Liverpool to showcase. Are they world-class or are they just below world-class? Because we kind of get the idea of the good players, you know? Mm. We get the idea that they've got quality. Yeah. yeah, I think they're good players and got quality. I do agree exactly. with that. I think they're two but very now good we need signings. to determine, can they do it on the big stage? And can they do it against United at Old Trafford? And can they do it against, <laughs> you know, all these big teams in the top six yeah, yeah. that, you know, week in, week out with the intensity of the Premier League? Once these questions are answered, I think in 12 mm. months' time, top four in a trophy for the following season would be a poor expectation. But for right now, I think it's fine. And I'm certainly happy with it because no, I wouldn't have expected fair. it before the wins or a title it's, charge. It seems you're talking about there, like you've mentioned, it's kind of like a reset. And Klopp's now going again with your new team, with your nine That's players right. moving out, bringing in right. Shabazzlai, bringing in um, McAllister, potentially, yes. obviously, a DM in Lavia, potentially a centre-back. And you meant, I didn't, and you mentioned Klopp as well in regards to your looking to become more on the ball team. I didn't know Klopp had stated that, actually. That's the first time I yes. heard that. That's interesting well, that he's shifted, that he's moving on with his tactics. But yeah, go on, thoughts on that as well? Well, just to, it's just more of an extension on what mm. you're saying. Think about it, he's tried this. So when we... Would you agree that Genie Wan Adam was a huge figure in our midfield when he was oh, here? Absolutely, yes. He was yes. boss. He was absolutely. great. He was massive. But he went in on the ball. Not that he was bad on the ball, but more he weren't necessarily possession-based. He was, more, he was he more off the ball. That's where he was exactly. more there for. He was a yeah, pressing yeah. machine and he was yeah. made to play that way in our system and he'd done it so well. Now, Thiago is not a like-for-like for, like for Wan can we agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> Couldn't probably couldn't get two different midfielders, you know. Thiago comes in and it just didn't work out, is the issue. But from the Chelsea mm. debut where Thiago played, you could see that that's what we were attempting to do. You want mm. he wanted Trent to be more on the ball, he wants players like Thiago to be more on the ball. And I even think he got catered for the very same reason. I think, think about it. So when we think of like for like right now, we got Cater, who was 50 million to 60 million. Let's see if yeah. we can get that back into focus. Hopefully, if I just stay still, it'll get me there. The mic back up as well. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, on, yeah. <laughs> get it fired up again. <laughs> so the point that I was going to make is, is that on Cater, think about Cater and then think about Oxley. So Sobersly is kind of like that offensive number eight player who's going to go from, who's going to, you know, long shots. He's good creativity. Oxley was supposed to be that and kind of was that in the 17, 18. Okay. Right, so let me just see if I can just get this to focus on me, lad, because it, it annoys me sometimes. Let me, yeah, what I'll do, I'll finish this point. If it hasn't zoomed in, I'll leave and come back because yeah, yeah, that's cool. Read no us the stress, focus. The point I was raising is we try to do this transition of high gag impression to yeah. now let's be better on the ball because mm. we went from um Naby and Oxlade. Now, Naby was always injured, so Thiago for 20 million from Bayern, why not jump on that? Let's go and get Thiago. He's now going to go in our team to replace Genie Wijnaldum and then can rotate with Oxlade and Naby Keita. We see yeah. why that's an issue. None of them are fucking available. So, <laughs> we've tried to do this and we've been trying this since we signed Naby and Ox, which was okay. 2017 for Ox and 2018 yeah. for Naby. 
So yeah. think about it flawless. We've tried yeah. to do this. So he's already yeah. had this vision in his head, but he's never had a proper chance. Would we both agree the midfield yeah. is one of the most important parts of any pitch? Oh, oh absolutely. I think it's it's immense to any I think it's critical to anything you do defensively and offensively. I think that's right. And we saw that with Man United, Casemiro, yes. when he came the in, the elevation the was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. But, but everyone knew that. Everyone and their nan knew that Manchester United needed a CDM for the best part of six years. You yeah, know what I mean? A quality yeah. where we did, we did a casting. I remember, I remember, I remember before I was a YouTuber, I flawless and, yeah. I, and I watched the space. I remember all yeah. United fans banged on about was a six, a six. <laughs> yeah, it I'm was. Like, it was like, it's, it's clear as day. We I'm needed like, a DM, would, like, even, even when we got even like, platforms I was like, that wouldn't like each other, you know what I mean? <laughs> even platforms that wouldn't like each other, but they were United fans. The one thing we all simultaneously agree on is that we need a six. We did midfielder, we did, we so desperately needed midfielder. And then yeah, what happened when you got it? So now I raise, okay, then, well. Kate weren't available for the majority of the time, couldn't get a consistent run of games. The same story was for Oxlade and Thiago. Well, now we've got McAllister, who's kind of that like-for-like for Kate. Like now we've got Soboslai, who's supposed to be that like-for-like for, like for Oxlade. And you could argue both of these players are better than those two. Yeah. And then you've got Thiago, who's, who we're now less reliant on. Before, we were relying on Thiago to play all these games, which is why the uh, the availability was such an issue. But the reason why his availability wasn't such an issue with Bayern is because they had good rotation. He still had the same problems, but he had good rotation. So Damn. now we've got good rotation. He's a luxury player that you can use off the bench or to change a game or to change the dynamics. And if he's mm. not available for the odd game, you've got Curtis as a sub. But the main point is you're not mm. relying on him. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. Um, Hammers, you broke up a little bit. He'll be back in a second. While Hammers is... Yeah, there we go. He's back. He's back. Let's continue to bump up the likes, people. Continue to it. bump up the likes. Only at 29. Get us up to 50 likes because there's over 60 of you lot in the building. Like, check, one, two, one, two, people. Let's bump up them likes. Get us up to 40 likes and subscribe to the channel and subscribe to James's channel as well. The link is in the title, people. So click the link and it opens up our new tab. Well, now fully. So are you happy with... Klopp trying to go with something different rather than the tried and tested, which was successful? And if so, why? Why yeah. is that the case? Like, happy or not happy about it? The, main, the many case studies that I've got with Thiago in the team on a consistent basis was nice. If you can yeah. get somebody who is like for like or adhere to the system in the way Thiago tried to or the way Klopp tried to make Thiago adhere to the system, I think it works out massively. I think the most football we've seen from Thiago was the quadruple chasing season. Um... Of course, we, we only re resulted in two trophies, but overall, it was a fantastic season. Yeah, that's we a had an You were on for a quad. That's, that's it was, it was not, insane. No. <laughs> it was not. wild. It was wild. We had the whole country just absolutely crying at the idea of us possibly <laughs> winning the tro a quad. I was, I was about to quit. If you like, would have oh, won the quad, crazy. I would have quit. Because there's nothing. It was being game over. Nothing we can no say. There's nothing we can say. What could no, we say no to you? It's wild, bro. It's wild. And that, that that whole season was knife edge stuff. But on the build-ups to the finals, mm. the finals were the poorest performances. The build-up to the finals, we were great. And it was when mm. Thiago played a lot of the time. Um, but then the availability in those finals was a huge problem for Thiago. So now we just need availability from these two new mids and then we've got a better team. And then if we can accommodate a new six and a new centre-back, I, I, like I have a lot more faith about the new system for sure. I think it's what's okay. been trying to be done. Okay, all right. And with that being said, you mentioned the new system and you mentioned it slightly earlier and it was something that is a talking point. Trent. So whether like him inverting, him potentially playing in midfield as well, where do you stand with that? Would you like to see him as the right-back inverting? Would you like to see him actually start in midfield? Where are you at with that? I'm very happy with him at right-back still. 
Um, based on how we want to play, it sounds like we're trying to win in possession. If you have Trent at right back, I think you can win in possession more so there. Um, plus, we've got Sobo and McAllister. I want to see them to play. And I don't want to see Trent play as a six because now you're putting them into a defensive midfield role and you're giving them less of an angle. Yeah. Um, See, this is what I've been. When people have mentioned that, I said the same thing. But go on, carry on in regards. It's like no, just have. But that's. Right but I think we're, we're touching the same idea. Is that Trent yeah. Alexander Arnold? He's so great at what he does at right back because if you can accommodate him on a defensive basis, the same way Henderson used to drop in, or we used to refer to a back three when Trent had bombed forwards, that works. There's ways you can make a defense work with Trent there. We've proven yeah, it before. Trent's been done our, before. Trent has been yeah. our right back for a back-to-back season of insane points tallies. So it's not like this can never work and. In fact, it can work really well if you get the defence part right, but that's what we haven't done and it's what we've neglected and we've relied on injury-prone players like Gomez and Matip. And then Kanate, we're still waiting to see whether or not that injury record will improve. And then Virgil van Dijk seems to be on that slippery slope back to the retirement home. So as much as I love these players, yeah. you need to actually like start replacing them now. Now, before top reds get angry, Van Dijk's fine for now, but he hasn't <laughs> been fine. So we need to get something that's going to accommodate the top red because we got top reds just, as well that's why it's funny that's why it makes me laugh because we got bro, top they, reds they, as well. i think they're related they just have different <laughs> beliefs you know what i mean let's go there because you said van dyke on this on the slippery slope to retirement so you think he's at a good level now but you don't see him in getting back to where he was previously do you think it's a detriment or do you think it's this season only and then it's replacing where are you at with him? Because I thought he was good last season. Obviously, you're watching Liverpool much more closely than I am. So I take your assessment more so than mine. But from what I see, he seemed good last season. Not fantastic, but he was good. Okay, now we need to find good. Because <laughs> we, do, we do. Because now, okay, let's establish sixes, good. Sixes to sevens out of tens, I would say, when I watched him. For the most yeah, part. this is how I want to break it down. Yeah, if I play in a team of yeah. nine-year-olds, right? If yeah. I'm if I'm if I'm gonna be playing in, in an under nines team and we play against an under nines team, I'm expecting yeah. to be a pretty decent player. Would you flawless? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. As yeah, you even though I'm an average baller, bit, you know yeah, I'm back myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've got myself. You've got the IQ, you've got experience, you back yourself in that scenario, you know. Um in that circumstance, I am a great option to pick in a team. You should start James Redmond as it will dramatically increase your chances. Facts, so facts, now we facts. need to establish, okay, well, what's good for Virgil yeah. van Dijk? Because, um, okay, is uh, Virgil van Dijk good for a team mm. trying to get Europa League? A hundred percent, a hundred, like no doubt. Maybe even trying to get top four. But what he hasn't been in recent time is that he hasn't been a league winning centre-back, which is what we all want. And he, he hasn't, hasn't been, been nine, ten out of ten. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. That flawless Virgil van Dijk before the injury. So the point I'm only making is not sell him. Not drop him, but certainly get competition for him. And certainly don't just rely on a player who, let's say this is Peak Van Dyke. This is a graph. I'm going to use my screen yeah. as a graph right now. Yeah. And we're going to start here and we're going to end here. So yeah. this is Peak Virgil Van Dyke when everyone was yeah. using dribble stats. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I do remember. Dribble pass and all that yeah, shit. That's how good he was. So we are. He's off the fucking screen, but let's just start here. Right. Yeah. This is what sort of happened. So steady, steady, steady. Now yeah. the Pickford injury. Now, we see a little rise in this quadruple chasing season, but now what we're doing, it's it's either a steady decline like this, and I believe we're not going to see this again. Does that make sense? Uh, you don't think he's, so you don't think he's levelling up again? Exactly. So it's fine if you now. think, it's fine okay. if you think this quality of Van Dyke from this yeah. quality of Van Dyke is still good enough. That's fine that you think this Van Dyke good enough, 
But now we needed to find good enough because this Van Dyke couldn't even win us league titles on a year-to-year basis. (laughs) He was great enough to do it, but we still didn't do it. So now we've got to establish, okay, City are just going to keep doing this shit. We need to kind of get back to here. Let's see, y'all going to keep doing this shit. You're right. (laughs) You're right. You're spot on, man. You're spot on. If he stays here and he doesn't go back up, and I don't believe he's going to go back up. Okay, this guy's fine for an option. But let's not rely on him yeah. for the three to four year process. Let's go and get Got someone you. else who can compete with him, compete with the other centre backs that we still have questions about, and we can go from there. Competition's never bad, I've, my friend. I've got you. So you're saying he's good enough for Liverpool, but if you want That's to right. go and try and win Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues because you don't believe Van Dijk is going to be back on the up. That's gonna, exactly. that's the level he's not going to, so we need to improve in that area. That's exactly. Fun. That's and a I'm fair fine assessment. to be proven wrong. I just don't yeah. see that see that upward trajectory again. Me yeah. personally, no, that's no, that's that's one hundred and ten percent fair. This is the way you put it. But now nah, I fully understand where you're coming from with that because I talk about that way in terms of Manchester United when people hear me talk about set players and I say, "Oh, such and such a player X is not good enough." I'm saying, or oh, player X is bad, and people are like, well, he's a he's playing for Manchester United. I'm talking about no, he's good enough to be a professional footballer. He's good enough to be a Premier League footballer, no doubt about it. But there's a very small pool of players who are good enough to go and win Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues. There's exactly. like the one percent in football people. Like yes. you don't understand when I'm critical of say a Bruno, critical of a Mount. Oh well, they get goals and assists. They're not that bad. If we're trying to go and compete with you mentioned it, Manchester City. If you're gonna go try and compete with a Real Madrid, a top level by Munich then you need the absolute best because you mentioned Van Dijk being here on the graph and even that was you won a Premier League and a Champions League and that was a great side with other great players as well but that's how good Manchester City was now I fully understand I fully understand what you're saying there I get you explained it better I liked your explanation better no 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 your explanation <laughs> but yours was much more entertaining that's what it was I get it <laughs> with the graph and everything like that it made sense yeah it's a balance that's why it works but you mentioned it there in regards to players moving on and this from the outside looking in was surprising to me because when Fabinho was linked with a move away, I seen a pushback. I seen pushback from some um, Liverpool fans saying they didn't want to see him leave. And I was like, you're getting good money for him. He's not good enough currently. Go and improve. Where did you stand with the Fabinho? Did you want him gone? Was you like, we should have kept him? The whole experience factor, which I think um, to an extent is a cop out when people talk about experience. But that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, let's say you pay for an iPhone 6 for 400 quid when the iPhone 6 has just come out. So the iPhone 6 just comes out. You now pay £400. You have an iPhone 6. Great. Now, for the first year or two, an Apple iPhone 6 is actually really good and efficient with a a sound camera and all these things because the next best thing... until Apple start doing uh, Bandulu shit with their iPhones and the storage, you know, where your iPhone charges less quicker and, and, and you've got less uh, recording storage. So the incentive now is to go and buy the next available iPhone, you absolute donuts, because we do it every year, including fucking me. So I'm blaming me as well. So the point that I'm leading to, these companies, if you buy, so if you're telling me I got an iPhone 6 in yeah. 2018, 2018, and you're saying I can sell this iPhone for the same, same price. price I bought the iPhone in 2018 in big 2023. Don't mind if I diddly do because flawless. We have to understand, okay, FSG are our owners. We are mm. not limitless when it comes to financial funds. Yeah. Therefore, if we get a good 
offer for an asset that we didn't believe was anywhere near that fucking price tag. And how do we know? Because we never received an offer for Fabinho until Saudi came along. These were golden nuggets. We could scam these guys. <laughs> these were golden nuggets. <laughs> it's a like for like. It's a like for like. Nah, they're getting they're getting a top player. They're getting a top player for their league, big name. You know what I mean? They're yeah, kind yeah. of doing what like Bellator do in MMA. Bellator yeah. and, and, you know, all these companies with going by the UFC legends, you know what I mean? Okay, let's go and buy these footy legends, make our own shit, provide a platform for these young players from where they're coming from, and then next thing you know, we can build. So, but we want 40 million. That's a great yeah. exchange. Because yeah, now yeah, you've yeah, got... Yeah, yeah. And if we agree that we're sell to buy, which a lot of Liverpool fans would hold that opinion about us. Yeah. Well, now we've got an additional 50 million in funds from not just 40 for Vino, but 12 million for a 33-year-old Jordan Henderson, who people were reluctant on selling as well, by the way. That's crazy. That was crazy if, to me. Outside, if we don't get kidding. 20 million pounds, I don't want to sell them. I don't want to sell them because they don't see the productivity in keep, in keep. If we keep Jordan Henderson, that is 150k a week, which over the course of the year is a lot. Mm. Yeah. And then he's not adding much on the pitch. And mm. then it's one less space mm -hmm. for somebody younger to grow in the team. So now you're just agreeing. Okay, let's go with a player who's now hit the ceiling and he's on his yeah. way down and it's been that way. And let's neglect the potential of a Laviette or someone new coming in. Yeah. When they've actually got a seal in there, yeah, that's Man. it. I was just like the way that you have, like you said, golden nuggets. That was the crazy part that when I heard Liverpool fans reluctant to sell for Benio because of I think it's like because they experience. think he can be the best CDM in the world. So this is where we differ, me and them. So they oh, believe he can yeah, be the best yeah. CDM in the world again. They still oh, believe so they think he, he can go. He can go back to that level he was at when you were. Successful. I don't think they realized how much they dropped. I think that's what that's what their issue is. I don't think they realized how much he dropped. So do you know, Bruno has a bad run of form. People yeah. will now hold Bruno to the best performance that they've seen off Bruno, or the best right, form yeah. that they've seen off Bruno. You hear what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah, I fully hear what. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Have yeah. you seen when Bruno Fernandez has a few bad games? Maybe even a, let's say if Bruno's had twenty bad games in a row, but he's maybe got a few goals and assists. People are still talking about Bruno, like as if it's peak Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People love that. People love to defend him. Love to defend him. He was like, no, he played bad today. That doesn't mean oh, yeah. he's absolutely awful. That just means he played bad today and he's been bad recently. Exactly. So That's peak all. Bruno, let's say peak Bruno yeah. Fernandez is a 10 out of 10. And then mm. this version that we're talking about right now is a, is, a, is a 5 out of 10. But then he raises to a 7 out of 10. People have now got that psychology of, oh my God, he's back. In fact, he's actually better. He's actually better <laughs> than what he was. He's, it's, the, it's the vengeance arc. He's, he's going to be the best in that position again. He's better than KDB and all these people. Now, we will do the same thing. And, we, and I think these fans specifically have that same hope. Fabinho is now going to be the guy. He is now going to get back on the level of Casemiro and Rodri, and we have got one of the best DMs in the world again. I disagreed with that premise. I said, I don't see an upward trajectory for Fabinho, and that's go why I you. think it's more productive to go out and get Lavia, who has yeah. got the ceiling and has been identified by the best coaches in the world. So that's why I think, okay, then, maybe yous have a point if Fabinho was ever going to come back, but because we differ on that, I think that's why they say, let's not sell the best CDM in the world for 40 million. Even if he hasn't been that, he can be that. Let's not sell the best CDM it's in the more, world. It's more potential on what he can be, and like you said, trajectory and where we exactly. can end up. Exactly. Now, and that's what it is. And there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of that because when I seen it, I was like, why would you not just move him on? Because he doesn't. To me, he doesn't stop. He's not the difference. If Liverpool were like going for the Premier League 
and it was like like you mentioned and you weren't resetting and his experience can play a key factor as we've seen what happened with Arsenal. Yeah. I would understand it more. I don't think Fabinho's the difference in Liverpool winning the Europa League or not winning the Europa League. I don't think he's the difference in you not winning the FA Cup or League Cup right. or finishing right. in the top four. So I was like, yeah. you're getting good money for him, move him on, go get a Lavi or elsewhere or, or somebody else and move on and with your with your rebuild and your reset. I just That's didn't right. yeah, I didn't get it. But Something I want to get to as well. Uh, big up to everyone in the chat. Don't worry, I will get to the best question. I just can't put them up on the screen because the stream yard, I changed it to public on the YouTube for those that knew. So I'm not ignoring you lot in the chat. I can see the chat right here. So big up. Like I said, best questions I'll get to uh, towards the end. Of course, any super chats I'll get to as well. But you mentioned it literally before we went on and said, I'm looking forward to the season as a Liverpool fan because I believe we're going to score. We're going to be exciting. We're going to score a lot of goals. What do you think your front three is, number one? And number two, who are you looking for to have big seasons in an attacking sense? So raise the first question. I think the mm. front three will change so much. Uh, I think injuries okay. depends. I think whatever. But if we're going to talk about ideal world, best front three that we can go with Champions League final, everyone's mm. fit, everyone's being fired. And who do you start? I'm going to go with, I'm saying Diogo Jota in the middle. I'm saying okay. Diaz on the wing and I'm saying Salah on the right. And then if you want to use Gakpo, because I've seen six months of Gakpo and I have liked mm. what I've seen from Gakpo. But then if I compare best version of Gakpo and best version of Jota and mm. that Jota's kind of been coming back a little bit recently. Jota was immense. He got 20 goals before January in the quadruple chasing season. That's crazy. Before January. That's crazy. That is crazy. Before that's wild shit, you know what I mean? That's like, crazy. that's a fucking amazing return. So yeah. that's why you've got to sit there and go, okay, then. Well, if he was on that trajectory and Salah was always going to get a high number of goals, just imagine the overall output from just two players in your team. Now, you've got to consider we have got two more creative midfielders. We are now going to get more goals from our midfield when you think about it. So, especially, I think, is going to be huge for that. So... I think you no longer just need high-volume forwards up front. So, um, Nunes, if he was to play wing or central, he's now going to be one of the outlets. Um, Gakpo, he's going to be one of the creators. So, what I'm mm. thinking is let's have Diaz, creator. Let's mm. have Jota in the middle. And then let's have Salah on the right. Because Salah's kind of like a little bit of both, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. he, he's 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 volume in both creativity and chance cre uh, yeah, and, and how many chances. Ridiculous. It's yeah, it's crazy bizarre, how many but... he gets, but but it still works, and he's still going to get the majority of our assists with Trent and then Sobo as well. Um, so in my opinion, I go with that one. I like the balance in that front three. I think there's a nice balance. I think Diaz draws out players, kind of like the way you. Do you know if Anthony has a good performance? Yeah, go on. Which I understand is rare. Like even though Anthony, like and, and he's still decent. If he has a good performance, he's still drawing out players, and he's still yeah, he definitely does that. Yeah, he, he has impacting it. That's one thing I always say about him is he doesn't... I always remember him playing. He has impact, yeah. whether it's good or bad. Whether yeah. it is... I mean, he needs to have a big season this season, though, 110%. I agree. But you know what, though? If he mm. is a result of everybody else getting more goals... This is why I understand when you and Rance defend them sometimes. Because even mm. though he has been poor, he's still somebody who can increase the chances for everybody else. No yeah. doubt, by the way. He can draw people out just simply by being on the ball and being annoying. Yeah, and then like, also that's he's, it. He's impact. good technically. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Impacting, and that's the reason why I also like, defend him. Yeah, go on. No, go on. Yeah, you say your that, that I was just going to say, yeah, that's why. And also, just quickly, is like, it's because it's his first season. And I always give, unless you're horrific in your first yeah, season yeah, yeah. and dropping zero or one out of tens, he gave I'll you something give to work you the with. second. Yeah, I've seen enough where I go, all right, you've had an average season. You have yeah. some, you have a skill set I like. Now kick on. 
That's where exactly. I need you to go. Now I need more output in terms of goals and assists. I also need you to get on the pitch more because he only played, I think, 24. I think he played less He played less league matches than Sancho. So I need yeah, more yeah, from yeah. you. You got to be playing cool. 10 to 12 games more. But yeah, go on. But if he didn't get the output, but Rashford was mm. now scoring more goals, Bruno was getting more goals, and Hoylands was getting more goals... You're thinking, okay, Anthony actually has a bit of a benefit on this team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he definitely, he definitely does. Even if it's not that, direct. Yeah, that's why I have it as both, because I'm like, you're definitely Now, you see the overall get... picture, but that's yeah. the thing. We're not in an age where you accept the bigger picture. <laughs> Ryan Giggs would have never survived. Ryan Giggs would have never survived. You know what, spot on, because he's... Just yeah, hear yeah, me yeah, out. You right. Just hear me out. That, and by the way, one of the biggest fans of Ryan Giggs as a player, one of mm. the biggest, you will not find a bigger Liverpool fan fan of Ryan Giggs than me as a baller. He's a baller. One of the greatest players in the Prem history. He would have Next. never survived based on today's premise. Because it's just all about GNA. It's just all about GNA. Like, even not in the 99 season, he scored three. Not thinking three, about the goals. overall greater impact that Ryan Giggs <laughs> had on that team. That's why now when people say Salah and Giggs, I think that's unfair. It's very unfair. Two very different roles and two very different um, jobs and applications. Yeah, in two completely different eras. Doing Couldn't different things. Like, it's not the same. It's like saying um, it's like saying a uh, GSP or Khabib. You know what I mean? It's like you can analyze it on different ways. They both got different levels of opponents. You can say all these things and factors, but the reality is, you know, if you, it's easier just to say John Jones because he's fought in both of the eras. You know what I mean? You just go, jo you say John Jones because he's fought in both. But that's the thing. We don't have the same president with those two players. And, and irregardless yeah. of that debate, the point I'm leading to is Ryan Giggs was still world class and he still had a great impact on a team 100%. where Tevez was scoring loads and Rooney was scoring loads and Ronaldo was scoring loads, but Giggs still had a place in the team. So even though he weren't an outlet and he weren't the one getting high amounts of goals. Yeah. and it's, But these dudes were, but he was making more things happen for these guys. That's important. So that's the way I look yeah. at Diaz is the point that I'm leading to is that I think he can be that player who draws players out and then Jota and Salah can be the outlets and then kind of like the um, way you'll get goals and assists from Bruno from midfield. We'll now yeah. get goals and assists from, I think, a more technically pon a polished player like Sobosly. Um, I think sense. that's the way it'll go for us now. No, that makes sense because that's where I'm at with it because like, people seem to only look at one in particular, right? you said attackers, it's just goals and assists and don't look at what else they're offering? People like if an like if an attacker gets two assists, or oh, he's had a great game. You can get two assists in a game and be terrible. You can yeah. have you can get you can have zero assists and be mad at a match as an attacking player. That's these right. th both of these can happen, but it's like people only look at it with Anthony. Do I want to increase him to increase his output? Yes, because I think he's good enough to increase his output. But like you mentioned. And I've been like that as well. It's also for the team. I talk all the time about attacking players being foils for other attacking players. It's all well and good just scoring goals. Ronaldo did that when he was here the last time. Score goals. I think he got 26 in the season. But nobody else, he was a foil for nobody else. Had our worst ever Premier League season. All the other attackers died. And he was removed. And we got better in terms of attack. Even though we talk to people like, oh, you just add goals and you'll be fine. No, it's about adding goals, yes. But adding assists. And does it fit the team? Does it fit the system? Do the other players, other attacking players benefit? So now I fully hear what you're saying with that. Fully. Right. You said Jota over um, Gakpo, and that's what people are saying in the chat as well. Why is Jota over Gakpo? Outlet. So this is why it's dependent, and I also want to emphasise to the chat that I'm very variant on who, if we okay, play a right. certain team, I might have a different mindset. Exactly. I'm just thinking, if I had to be so on point and I had to say a best front three, Mm. That's why I gave you the premise of Diogo Jota scored 20 goals before January, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen six months of Gakpo. Um, 
But yes, do I see benefits in maybe putting Jota as the winger and Gakpo in the middle? Absolutely. And, and you know, you can change and chop and change. Now, it's a beautiful problem to have is what we should be all agreeing on as Liverpool fans. A fantastic problem. Now, imagine yeah, this very same problem in our midfield in the last 12 months. And think about how many more points we get because of that. And think about how we don't have to sit there crying or hearing this, all, all this abuse about being in the Europa League and getting tagged by Twitter Europa League, <laughs> putting pictures of fucking Jürgen Klopp there, which I've been getting tagged in. And it's like a big merry-go-round and it pisses me off. So that's why I'm thinking, okay, then, do you know if we had that same problem with the midfield? And then the 12 months prior to the midfield issue if we did the same thing with the centre-backs instead of getting fucking O's and Kabak and shout out Nathaniel <laughs> Dini Van Phillips but how dare we how dare we even get him all those scars that he achieved that season when we could have just went out there and got a top-class centre-back you know so we had the centre-back issue we had the midfield issue now look at us we're arguing over, over who we start isn't yeah, that amazing? Yeah, yeah. The That's fans? options. Yeah. Isn't that great? In fact, yeah. I, I love it when I say, I want Jota over Gakpo, and someone says, in fact, no, I want Gakpo over Jota. Oh, and James, you're not mentioning Nunes, and then I'll flip because yeah. they've just mentioned Nunes. But it's fine, because at least now, there's another player who can at least add output to the team, and then we Got can you. find the combination that works best. Um, so it's a lovely problem to have, and, and again, depending on the game, is probably how i change the front three. Oh, no, that's fair. Um, big up to Nero as well. He's been a member of the channel for a month. He says, locked into Sarcasm City. Big up all the guys. Big up to everyone that's tapped in. Come on, you lot, man. Let's continue to bump up these likes as well, man. Over 60 of you lot in the building. Let's get up to 50 likes, people. And you Let's mentioned it, the Europa League admin on, on Twitter. Do you think and you think they're taking liberties or do you think they're just trying to sell their products? Because you, the you are the biggest team in there and you are the biggest profile in regards to into it. It's funny, though. Don't get mistaken. It coincides. It coincides. So... Um, they have to, they have, so they know it's good to celebrate the teams who are going to partake in their competition because, as we say, it's market and it's promotion and it's yeah, necessary. Facts. So, facts, it's not bad, but they know internally that's just going to come along with a bunch of bullshit because they know they're <laughs> the second competition, you know. So, the only people who really respect the Europa League is teams that don't usually win trophies. So, I think they know the high engagement they'll receive when they go out and post a picture of Jürgen Klopp, which is why they've been doing it quite often, the little bastards. So, I think they know what they're doing. And also, they've got to recognise, like, if you've got a big team like Liverpool in the Europa League, and it's not just Liverpool, it's like one of the most European, like, best clubs ever, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, it's, it matters... Okay, let's post them, but they know it's yeah. going to take the piss as well. So I think they like it for those two reasons. <laughs> That's fair enough. Do you know, like if a championship, though, you know, like if a championship um, team beats a Premier League team and then they do all those TikToks. Got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I fully get what you're saying with that. Fully, fully. Get what yeah, you're yeah, saying yeah. It's that. like it's like that, isn't it? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like they'll mention the TikToks and they'll post it and that. It's to promote them, but it's also to take the piss. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like it's cool both. Man. It coincides, like you said, it's great promotion because you just be a Premier League side. Yeah. It adds to your TikTok and as well, and it gets and it gains and it gains traction as well. But you mentioned Nunes right there, someone you have spoken about, and he seems to be very similar to what I like with United fans in terms of dividing opinion. And people are very strong, whether they're like they like pro known pro Nunes, I'll say, or they're they're, or they're con Nunes. What are you saying with Nunes? Where do you look at with him? Because obviously he was signed for big money, was a centre forward. Seems he shifted out wide. Seems that's where you get the more most productivity out of him. Where do you stand with Nunes? He's a very athletic player. It's very exciting. He's chaotic, <laughs> and there's many attributes he could offer so many top teams. Right. right. Facts, facts. So, 
to work off of that, now we need to analyse what do those attributes align with Liverpool, and I don't think they've ever aligned to a point where he's a league-winning attacker, which has always been my debate. And now I've even got reference to say, okay, I don't think he's better than Jota. I don't think he's better than Diaz. So I don't see the point where he starts. So I now sit on the fence, give me Nunes for 30 minutes. Nunes for 30 minutes off the bench or in the final 30 minutes in a game is a horrible prospect. I remember we played City last season at Anfield. Salah scored the goal with Alisson assisting him. It was boss. Nunes comes on and was such a bell ends for Man City for the final end of the game. And then I also think we're playing Chelsea at the start of the season. Chelsea, I, yes. I would love the idea of a pacey Nunes coming on against a 38-year-old Thiago Silva and just running his legs off into the ground. Make him retire during that game. Let him know, like, listen, dude, you're quite old now. Like, go and chill on the beach with the rest of these Brazilians, you know what I mean? Like, they usually finish quite early over here. So let you can go as well. I like that option. Do I like the option of Nunes um, trying to dribble past Rhys James? Not particularly. And do I like the prospect of Nunes playing against defensive teams who are constantly going to put pressure on him? No, because I see a player with very little composure. So I'm trying to give the audience who might disagree with my Nunes points reference on, I don't think he's a super clinical finisher. I don't think there's any case studies that provide um, him being a clinical finisher. People will reference um, Benfica. But again, Nunes could score 50... Okay, if we're going to use the same logic with Nunes in the Portuguese league uh, and coming over to the Premier League, we now need to use the same premise for the players who score 50 goals in the under-18s. And then we also need to use the same premise for the players who score 25 goals in the under-21s. And then when they go in the Premier League football, why aren't they doing the same thing? Do you get what I'm saying, though, Flawless? Yeah, you're saying, yeah, it's different. Yeah, I fully agree with you on the Nunes point. I think he's best Because it's less less intensity. So now you're allowing a player to come into a new league with a new intensity and you're translating the same amount of goals from one league, which was significantly less intense. That league has got Porto, it's got Benfica. To be fair, a few teams are growing, like I think it's Braga and there's a few other teams, but none of them are of a high quality standard financially to get the best of the best players the way the Premier League can. Nunes, we can be out, only plays against the best. So is he going to be the best amongst of the best? I just don't know if he is that. So that's if fair. we're going to translate us to league title winning, no. And that's the point I always relay on Nunes because people have the right to ask me about it. But that's then fair. it's also to the expectation though as well, Flawless. There's, I could talk about Nunes for an hour with all the points that I've got about Nunes because I don't want anyone thinking it's just an agenda or there's any, there's any um, you know, sort of personal things towards yeah. him. It's just a general conclusion. I just don't know if he's good enough for the expectations required. And and there's a few things that have kind of proven that. And the only thing that people will contradict my proof is things that haven't happened yet. Like, <laughs> oh no, but there's examples, so he can do this. And that's tough for me to align with, you know? Yeah, because you look at evidence, hey, the floor is yours. If you've got a Nuna's, um conversation you want to get off your chest, feel free. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. But do this. you see it? Do you see what I'm saying? I fully get what you're saying. He's best as a squad player off the bench. Yes. That's, that's blatantly obvious. I don't yes. see what the conversation is about. I'm sat here as a United fan. If we play in Liverpool, Anfield or Old Trafford and the games, whether who's winning, who's drawing, whether we're drawing or whoever, whichever side's winning, I'm not trying to see Nunes off the bench because I know what he offers in the last half an hour, 20 minutes of a game. Yeah. Like you said, athletic pace and come running behind. Now, does he have the composure you mentioned, the technical skill, the great finishing for where Liverpool are trying to go? And I'm glad you're here saying that because people get onto me for that when I talk about Manchester United and I'm like, 
is this player is this player good enough for where Manchester United are trying to go? Look at who we're trying to compete with. I Mason Mount was a prime example of that. I've had many debates yep. from before we were signed him, when we was linked yep. to him heavily, once we actually made the bid and then we signed him. I said, is he good enough for where we're trying to go? And then I had someone in the comment section when we was debating Mount with other players and he said, oh, you're comparing Mount to all the top players. So if Mount can't be compared to the top players, why are we signing him if we're trying to be a top team? Now, if we're just trying to finish in the top four, win domestic cups, Mount is cool for that. And again, I hope I'm wrong on this, but I've watched him enough at Chelsea. I've seen him at his very best. I've seen him at his very worst. And to me, his very best is very good. Very good is not good enough for where Manchester United are trying to go. I use your club as an example. When you had your successful seasons, how many of your players were playing week in, week out? Did you describe as very good? Very few. Van Dijk was not very good. Trent was not very good. Robertson, Allison, Fabinho, Salamane, Fabinho. None of those players were very good. We're all talking there. Top class, world class, elite, retter, So like that's the level of expectation where we're at. So with Nunes, I fully get what you're saying. I think he is a good squad player. I think where it is the amount of money you spent on him. If you were to just sign him for 50 million, I don't think people are looking at it too bad. Do you know, do you know what fits. though, even with the... Do you know what? And that's the thing mm. with the money thing because it's the points that people try and claim when it comes to... Because everyone becomes a lawyer of players that they wouldn't have wanted previously. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that at a later date. That's brilliant. If I all good. brilliant. Uh, now you've broke, you froze, you froze. You know what I'm saying? You'll be back in a second. But that is brilliant. Just got to see. That's why Hamas is here, man. But he said, everybody everybody becomes a lawyer of players they wouldn't have wanted in the first... I'm going to use that. I'm going to quote you when I use it, though. That is brilliant. But did you... That is no, because, brilliant. No, think about this. So, yeah, there was a time where we signed Diogo Jota. Now, the guy who we were linked with prior to Diogo Jota was Timo Werner. Now, why did Liverpool fans all get together and say, I am so happy we did not get Timo Werner? Isn't that dead boss that we never got Timo Werner? I'm trying to give you reference, okay? Because people can contradict themselves over time. I like to call out the contradictions. Doesn't mean you're right or wrong, but there's a contradiction in your beliefs. So yeah. Timo Werner was not wanted. We now get Darwin Nunes, who was very like for like for Timo Werner, you know, in, in a sense that he'd miss a lot of chances and that he was, you know, this, that and the other. Okay, so now we're fine with a player who misses chances. We'd slander him if he was doing this for another <laughs> team, but it's fine if it's for us. So, so that's okay. Oh, I keep cutting off. I'm, I'm, I'm a back. Yeah, Am I back? Going. Me back in. Yeah, you're back going. Back. Rewind. Yeah, let's Sorry go. About, sorry to the chat. The Wi-Fi doesn't want it. Doesn't want facts spoken <laughs> right now. So, point that I'm leading to. Yeah, the, it is the main points that people defend Nunes with. Okay, because cool. that's why I mentioned the lawyer thing. They'll say he doesn't speak English, and then I'll reply. Okay, I'm fine at listening to your point. I actually want to get to some common discourse. Mm. I want to agree with your way of thinking. It's amazing mm. if you can get me thinking the way you do. So get me thinking it. Okay, yeah. you can't say, you can't speak English. Okay, how does um, saying hello or goodbye a poster or all that or adios translate to good finishing? That's what I'll always say. That's what I'll always say. Football's its own language in itself. You don't need to, you don't need to speak to finish. Facts, right? I've played football with people who don't speak English. Facts. Bro, we've just had Bobby yeah. Firmino, who can barely speak English, play there for years. We've, we have Fernando <laughs> Torres, who can't speak English now, and he only speaks Spanish, you know what I mean? It's not a directly hard thing. I, like, bro, what are we talking about here? So, the point that I'm, list the, the point that I'm listening, it, I'm not even having a go at the fact he can't speak English. I don't think it's yeah. a good enough reason. And then people will mention the system. So, now I've refuted the language point, but yeah, now the bro. system. So, okay, if Nunes wasn't getting chances, now we know it's a system problem. Correct? Yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair. But to an extent, no. Like, with that, 
it's on the system, it's also on the player as well. So you can blame, you can proportion out more of the blame to the system depending on what's going on. But if, yeah, why you can don't, proportionately why... blame the system if Nunes yeah. isn't getting chances. Getting chances if there's no cause... chances being provided, how can you yeah. then now blame the striker for not doing mm. his job? Okay, maybe his movement, maybe yeah, his Yeah, that's where I go with that, with the runs and the movement. That's what I is. get, yeah. But yeah. that's not that's not what Nunez's issue has been. In fact, he gets the chances very well. He gets a lot of chances. <laughs> the chances are provided within the system. So we might be bad defensively, and we might be bad in midfield. People seem to think when I blame Nunez, I'm now uh, discluding the attack and the defence. No, yeah. no, no, no. We're talking about separate things. You know what I mean? Yeah, if I've got a I sore head that. and I've got a sore foot, doesn't mean they're both sore <laughs> with the same thing. They're just two different yeah. conversations. I'm not now sore all over my body because I've got a sore head and a sore foot. So Darwin Nunez it's just one of those things that if he was to score the chances provided, we've now got a top-class striker. But mm. I don't believe from his time at Benfica, I saw the finishing ability or composure from a player or technical ability. That meant mm. he was ever going to be world-class. And then he comes into the team, gets provided these chances and doesn't have that same conversion rate. And the same people who said he was going to get 30 goals on 40 goals are the same people who are now sitting there saying 15 goals in all competitions <laughs> isn't actually that bad. And then these are the same people who are sitting there saying he's going to go and get 50 goals in the season ahead primarily because he'd done it at Benfica and because there's something exciting about the player. Now, I agree with the last two points. He scored mega goals at Benfica and he's exciting in many ways. Exciting and the best of what we need are two completely different things. Two completely different things. Coutinho is an exciting player. When he leaves, we now have the ability to build an overall team that is now going to go and challenge four league titles and Champions Leagues, which is huge, bro. That is massive because yeah. that's yeah, what led right. to the most of our successes, losing an exciting player in Coutinho. You mentioned player. Ronaldo. Yeah. You mentioned Ronaldo. Ronaldo, before you before he joins, you finish second. When he joins, you finish sixth, and he still gets 20 goals. And then he leaves, and you get right back into top four. Because it's an outlet. Yes. It's one player. It's one yeah, player yeah, yeah. that... Okay, if you create 20 chances in a game, he's now getting the majority of those chances. If he's missing the chances, the team isn't scoring. That's mm. the problem with relying on an outlet who can't translate the goal, uh, the, the shots to goals. Does that now make mm. more sense? Yeah, that makes more Yeah, definitely. Like you're saying there, if you're relying so like, on just solely one man to get your goals, if he's off it, you're going to see your, your team's not getting the same output in terms of goals. No, I get that. <laughs> Exactly. So that's that, that. So what I wanted to do there was refute hmm. the main um, defense and arguments for Nunes, so I don't hear them again. And now you can try and bring something else to the forefront that actually means he's a, he's going to be this player that you all say he currently is. Until that happens, I'm gonna keep speaking about him the way I do. But I do want yeah. him to do well. It's cool because even LFC for the double in the in the chat said, "Let it out, James." This is what it's here for as an outlet to get things off your chest, especially on these specials as well. Because, like I said, you've someone who's spoken about Nunes and you've been criticised for criticising him. But like you said, he's not delivered where Liverpool fans. The fact that there's a, there's a debate whether he starts in your first eleven lets you know where he's at currently. There shouldn't be a debate because like there's no debate right. whether Salah starts for you. Look, there's exactly. no debate. There doesn't seem to be, from what I've seen, a debate about whether Diaz starts. It's the centre forward, and you mentioned Cody Gakpo who can play there, Jar who can play there as well. But you mentioned defence, so say you don't sign a new centre back, do you see that being strongly detrimental to Liverpool not achieving what you would like them to achieve? So say for instance Europa League, or well, use Europa League and top four for examples. 
Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, did Hus, did, the way I'll respond to that is like this, because it, it creates a picture a lot more clearer. Um, if Liverpool had a good defence in 13-14, do you think we would have won the league? Is that the season where you conceded, like, was that... Um, uh, Gerrard's slip. Yeah, there was the Gerrard slip, and then there was the yeah. Crystal Palace 3-3 game okay. as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you lot conceded a ridiculous amount of goals. Yeah. So did, people yeah. blame just Steven Gerrard for that season, mm. which I understand why they do it. It's a, it's a very easy thing to point to, and it was a huge turning factor. But right. the, 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 the Crystal Palace game, for instance... Is James Gunn? I think he's gone. Let me know in the chat, please, people. Is it me? Oh, he's sorry about that, flawless. Nah, cool. I keep, I, it, <laughs> it's it's just constantly put off. Is it nah, constant? Nah, no, it's not constant. It's cool. No stress, man. These no, things happen. We're going to keep the show rolling. No worries, that's man. It. That's right. That's right. Um, but the point I was saying is that we had uh, the, the 3 3 game against Palace and Sacco was playing and stuff like this, and it weren't a good defense. So the thing is, it can be an exciting season, like what I was touching mm. with you before. We can go and score four and five goals every game, but if we're conceding mm. three goals every game, it's going to come up to us one point. Point where what could have been three points in a big fixture has now turned to one point, and that can be the difference of us finishing fifth and fourth. Or if we do get back into the title race, it can now be the difference of you finishing first and second, which we know all too well in previous history. That the, the one one Tottenham draw in the quadruple chasing season, big difference. Um, 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 couple of seasons ago when we drew with Leicester and Everton and all these teams, we had Everton fans at the end of the season saying, Ha ha, you never because won the league because of us, because of us, because we drew. <laughs> You went on a 13-game winning streak after, but we drew, so we stopped you from winning the league. So if you're now going to have a bad defence, you're now going to have a lot more of those one points instead of three points, and that can be a yeah. huge difference. So um, that it worries me from that aspect. It could result in us achieving one less thing than what we could have achieved because context changes. So even if I'm saying, let's go compete for top four now, but then we end up 20 points clear in, in, in March. Yeah, then it's a whole different conversation. I'm not saying top four is good no more. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I'm kind of changing my mind. <laughs> so, so so let's have a good defence for that. Because if we if we get to that point where we're 20 points clear by getting four threes and five fours and all that mm. stuff, in the last couple of games where everyone's leggy, there's high pressure, there's more incentives, people are now realising that in a relegation battle or they're competing for the European place, the agency increases. Everyone's playing at a different intensity. Okay. And you're telling me we're not going to have a good defence and you're telling me that, that we're just going to keep getting three points. That doesn't make no sense. So a centre-back is definitely needed because if Van Dijk is poor, you've got another option. If Kanata is poor, it's another option. Give yourself an option. You know, give yourself the best possible chance. If you disclude getting anyone, you're not even, you're preparing to fail pretty much. Yeah, because you're not adding to it. Because like you said, you've got obviously Van Dijk, Kanate, Matip, Gomez. And I'm yeah. guessing with Matip and Gomez, are you saying not good enough, get them moved on? Or do you think it can be a part, like a Nunes, be a part of the squad and help you lot out in that in scenario? In, in an ideal world, in an ideal world, you sell Gomez. Um, in my, but in a realistic world, I don't think we get an offer for Joe Gomez. So I think it's working with what we have. Matip's on one year left, so he's going to go in a year for free anyway. And then you've got Gomez, who is um, who is obviously injury prone, and he's on a few years left of his deal. So we kind of just got to put up with him. Kind of like the way other teams have those players, like the way you just put up with Phil Jones and stuff. Not that Gomez <laughs> is that type of player. But I just don't, I, yeah, I just don't see a league-winning centre-back in Joe Gomez no more, even though he yeah. has done that before, which is weird to say, um, because the injuries and stuff. But really? now, if Matip's going and Gomez is down, I'm fine with them being up, like options, way mm -hmm. at the back options. But we need, we now need to get that direct replacement if Virgil's, because usually. 
both of your main centre backs out and out at once. Usually, yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's that's rare. It happened to us so, towards the back end, and it was a killer. But yeah, it's bro, rare. Bro, it's oh, don't worry. I, I'm. It's funny that I'm saying that when two seasons ago we had no centre backs. You know what I, I mean? Remember that? But, yeah, that season was nuts. Typically, it's not a very reoccurring team. So if Kanate is just out or Virgil is just out, let's say it's Colwell. I'm fine with him being the dude who steps in and replaces them. Or if you're going to play three at the back, like some people are rumouring, well, then now we need to really think about not just getting one more centre-back, but possibly two, but that's not going to happen. So it's just about establishing how we're going to play, how many positions are. Let's say it's still two centre-backs, then you need that person who's going to rotate. Either way, you result in needing a centre-back. Centre-back of certain quality. And yeah, the chat yeah. I've seen, obviously, Prime put it, um, and shout-out to Ahmed as well in regards to Chelsea. I've offered Colwell a big new deal. So it seems he's going to be signing a new Yeah, we won't be getting him. We won't be. Yeah, That's just because be that was someone that we were linked to more yeah. than anyone else, really. Is there a centre-back you want, though? Is there a name that you want in particular? That you're Is like, it... go and get such and such? Who's the guy at Spawn? Ignacio? Ignacio? People yeah, uh, 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 he's he's all right. Uh, to be honest, was it Ram? Somebody mentioned him, but go on, carry on, carry on. Who? I think it was Ram. I think Ram mentioned it. Too. I think the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Possibly, possibly. Too, so uh, so. But yeah, Rams. He, he, I think. Do you know what? You might have even mentioned them to me. But yeah, him. He's good. Hmm. Um, there's a. To be honest, because we haven't been heavily linked with anyone. Because here's the way Not I usually quite. do it. I just usually look into who we've been linked to, and do I think that player is good enough? So hmm. that's why I know quite a bit about Lavia. Uh, not that it's a perfect opinion, but I have a bit more of an idea on him. You actually go do your due diligence. About... Yeah, which is exactly. what you have to do. Go, or if you haven't, like I, when I don't, I always say, I don't know. Let me know the profile. I say yeah, to people but... all the time, who's such and such like? Forget exactly. skill level, what's his But profile? then you can sit there and say you want a player who a couple of years ago was good, but they're not good no more. And that matters yeah. if they're not good no more. You know what I mean? Like I That's... saw Leon Goretzka linked with uh, West Ham and I was thinking, <laughs> hey, I'd fucking take him. And then my chat was saying, nah, he's been bad for a couple of seasons. I was yeah, like, oh, the really? Chat, but the chat butcher him. Yeah, yeah. The chat of Bro, absolutely like well, Goretzka and say he's awful. You know what I'm saying? They had a fucking go at me for suggesting it. I was like, are you sure you don't want Leon Goretzka? They were like, no, he's been really, really bad recently. And I was like, your chat and your and you still want Henderson? Okay, fine, fine. No, I'm onto what you mean. <laughs> nah, your chat are real ones for that. They really, really are in regards to that. But it seems how you set up take Manchester City out of it. How I'm looking at it, as much as it pains me to admit, you lot are the best of the rest. Do, I, do you think so? Or do you think there's teams that are better than you? Because when I look at it, how teams are constructed, the 31st of July people, 10 to 6, you know what I'm saying, UK time, 5.48 to be 5.48 p.m. to be exact. Currently, right now, it's constructed. I think you have the second best team in the league. Where do you stand on that? Because you're currently seconded by predictions. Obviously, that can change on incomings and outgoings for for, for sides in the well, the, the big six and Newcastle. Even based on what we know right now about all the business that's been done mm. by every team, that's a huge claim. I like the I like the bollocks on that claim. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a massive. I think that's a massive claim to work with. Okay, then let's play that second best. So you've got a, we've got Man City, and we all agree City's the best. Yeah, so now really you've got to talk about yeah. Arsenal. Okay, I think, yeah, yeah um, and Arsenal. maybe you can throw United in there. Was that something that you'd be happy to do? I don't as much again. I would love to be able to go. Yeah, we much better than yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I but you dislike, don't think. I dislike the business you lot have done so much from a United perspective. From a football fan perspective, I can assess yeah. it and go, it's great business. From my Manchester United standpoint, when I put your United hat on, I go, they've done good business. I also think we've done good business to an extent. But I look at what you mentioned. One thing you lot have, you mentioned it before we started the stream, goals. You've got goals, you've got creativity. You've got more goals than us, you've got more creativity than us. Midfield, 
yeah, obviously you've got unknowns. Let's say Lavi is in there or whoever he's not. You're going to sign a six of some sort. And you've yeah. got McAllister, we know who's been in the Premier League. You've got Shibaz Lai as mm -hmm. well. Defensively is where you have issues. Defensively, we're pretty sound. And I believe we've also improved with Onano. Potentially Amrabat being added into that as well. But our biggest problem is goals. Creativity. I just don't know where our goals and creativity are. We scored 58 Premier League goals last season. <laughs> and we've added Mason Mount. And, we, and now we've added Hoyland, but for the longest, it was Mason Mount added to that. So I'm going, where are, let's say Hoyland scores more, let's say and Mount gets five or six. I still look at it and go, where's our creativity and goals coming from? Arsenal, yeah. the biggest detriment to them is Havertz. I think it's you a should play, signing. Go yeah, on. you should play in very, um, very... Ten Hag's doing a lot of things like what Jürgen Klopp would do. He's kind of looking for... For yes. the, the high intense ballers, which if yes. he can do this efficiently, I think he's got something going. Um, because there's a lot of signings we questioned, and if a genius mm. signs players that he knows is going to work for his system, that we but we might not know exactly what his system is. So I, I presume your presumption was he's going to play on the ball, nice football when he came in. That and, was it initially, yes. And then he's and when that switched. doesn't happen, but you're still competing in finals and you're still mm -hmm. getting third place, you're thinking, okay, I've disagreed with a, a lot of what he's done so far, I've agreed with some. Mm. But he's, what got, have, he's doing something. What have, you, what have you disagreed with? This is going to be interesting. I love to hear rival fans take with Ten Hag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What have you disagreed with? What he's done so far? Oh, yeah. okay. So that's a, that's a, that is a good question. <laughs> I disagree with some of the signings that he's made. I think okay. Mason Mount not that great of a signing. But then again, okay. I don't know his overall picture. But then mm. I will align. Do I think Mason Mount is a league winner? And then I'll coincide that with, do I yeah. think he will be a league winner? I answer no to both of those questions. Indeed. And I do know that he is a big, big part of Manchester United's short-term future. You don't give someone a number seven shirt if they're not a big deal. You don't pay someone 250k a week, potentially rising or whatever, Facts. if they're not a big deal in Facts. your team. Facts. So what that says to me, I'm now thinking of a team that involves Bruno, who's now the captain, and mm. Mason Mount, who's now your main man, and very minimal room to drop <laughs> both individuals. Yep. For me, that's a problem. That's a that's exactly. a problem. That's yes. a, so, so what I what what I was expecting to make Manchester United on the levels of City and what Liverpool have been at times. I don't think these are the signings required to get them there. No, I um, don't and it's crazy that you said there that it seems he's going like very similar to how Jurgen Klopp was at Liverpool. And I've used Liverpool as an example because that seems to be the, the way we're going. I have no issue with that because initially I thought it was going to be on the more possession based on yeah. the ball. And then he switched and fans were like, some fans were like, I can't believe he switched. I don't like it. I've said it before. I say it again. I have no issue with whatever style he wants to go to. I think he had, I think it, what I think happened was his initial plan was to play possession-based football. And then halfway through the season, he realised what the Premier League was like and was like, all right, let me switch this. And I have yep. no issue with him being versatile and adapting to that. I think that's smart. My biggest issue with the Mount signing is go and get the best possible player for said style. That is not Mason Mount. For what he gives you, you can go and get other players for that. It is ID talent. His ID talent has been one to question to some degrees. And then in yeah. other degrees, it's worked out fantastically. Lissandro Martinez is one of my favourite centre-backs. <laughs> yeah, he's ridiculous. He's, he's one of my favourite yeah. centre-backs. I, I I, besides the fact he plays for Man United, I love <laughs> yeah, Lissandro yeah. Martinez. I think he's yeah, a fucking yeah. great player. I think he walks into our team really, really <laughs> good. You. You know what I'm saying? I That's a great signing. Saying. And then, um, but then I, I think of Anthony, not really worked out. Pretty I think of Mason Mount, I don't think that'll work out. Casemiro, I question if that was a direct Ten Hag signing. 
um, which is important if it wasn't. You know, yeah, I'd say I'd say it was him. You know why? Because I just give Ten Hag. I think he's knowledgeable enough to go. That's an obvious signing who improves the team. I'm just giving him credit off that. I could. I'm nowhere near um the have the football knowledge of a Ten Hag, and I could see that one. You know what I'm saying anyone can pick or oh, Casemiro. Yes, that's where I give him oh, credit for sure. Because oh, I spot sure. that if they say, "Yo, you want Casemiro?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Without doubt, bring Casemiro into my team. That's where I stand on that one. For sure, Casemiro. For, for, uh, for sure. But and then I like the Malassia signing as well. We're gone. Mm. But what we can't disprove is Malassia is okay. I still need. He's kind of like just a good left back. Good squad, you, you know why? Because he's twelve million. That's how I'm like. I'm like, are we getting more than our money? It's like Shimakas, Shimakas yeah, in that sense. If he like, was, if he was twenty four million, I wouldn't have bought the eyelid. If he would have put, if he was, if he was, if he was triple the amount, if he was thirty six M's, I'd be like, all right, cool. Because I've seen enough to go. You're good enough to be a squad player here yep. at worst. I like his fundamentals, and when I went to the United Chelsea game. Because I where I was sat, so I was there when we packed them for one. I was high up, so I was like pretty much level with the halfway line, so I could see the whole pitch. And when Malassia he, he got on, he just his, he don't stop. Engine yep. was ridiculous every time Rashford got the ball, overlap. They broke yep. down, got back, so forth. So I like Malassia in that sense. I go, there's enough to work with potential wise. Where I go, twelve million already to me has been a steal. But go on. Yeah, the Frankie de Jong thing was interesting when you were linked with Frankie de Jong as well in terms of... Because I feel like that was more of the Ten Hag signing. I'm not saying he never licensed it at all. I'm not saying he was against signing Casemiro. I just think there might have been interest internally from the board of directors anyway for Casemiro. They'd have understood the situation. What's crazy is with the Casemiro and Dion thing, I don't think it was one or the other when you look at what he did with the team. I think it was both. And de Jong is a prime example of him changing his mind because De Jong is more possession-based. That's right. Since we've not been linked with De Jong, there's no midfielder we've been linked with that profile at all. None of the midfielders are possession-based first. Yes, Amrabat is technically decent. Yes, Casemiro's technically decent. So is Mason Mount that guy? Off the ball. Mason Mount is the guy that he's gone for. I'm totally against it still. I'm not like, word to you. I'm not going, I'm not going to be a lawyer for defenders... I mean, for players you would never have defended in the past because so many Manchester United fans, when they thought he was going to your club, was running jokes, me included. Football karma hit man in the face because I was running bants about him being at your club. That's how much I didn't want him. Chelsea fans, who I speak to a lot, I watch a lot of Chelsea games as well. Not good enough. And like I said before, I've seen him at his very best and I've seen him at his very worst. And I look at him and go, you do not add. You are very similar to Bruno. I think him and Bruno was pretty that's much That's my same. issue. It's not It's not that there's no way you can make a league-winning team with Mason Mount. I think that's possible, which is why yeah. when we were linked, it weren't my number one and it weren't even close, yeah. but I wouldn't be fine with it if it was just one of three additions that we were going yeah. to make. You know what I mean? If I we're going to make a completely new midfield, I'm fine Mount being one of them, but now we need two really good midfielders besides mm-hmm. him if that's going to work out. Now... This is where we've got a problem. We know Casemiro's in the DM, which is fine. We know Bruno is playing, which I suppose is fine to some degree. But now we're complementing Bruno with Mason Mount, and that's where the issue comes in. I want to know how often that loses possession. I want to know how sustainable is that throughout. Oh, that's... They're playing through. That's like because somebody said they're playing um, through exactly, exactly through because someone said it was one of the early games in preseason. It may have been the Arsenal game, and I didn't because I don't pay attention to preseason. And someone asked me in the chat and was like, "Right, well, Mason Mount had 19 touches. Is that a concern for you?" I said, "No, that's good. I don't need Mason Mount on the football. I need you <laughs> utilizing all your off the ball attributes. I don't need you yeah. on the ball." 
I need you closing down, covering every blade of grass, pressing, that's decoy right. runs. That's what Mason Mount is good at. Therefore, use it like that. But that's how I'm looking at Ten Hag with that Mount signing. I'm not with it because I right. like um, Ten Hag in regards to when it's players outside the Premier League, I don't know. I'm like, all right, cool. Because mm-hmm. you signed Martinez, cool, who has been quality. Casemiro, obviously, man knew about. Like my last year enough, Anthony, I give a second season. I'm like, all right. Give same me with Onana as well. Yeah, no stress, man. Take your time. Before we continue, let's bump up the likes, people. Let's bump up the likes. There's over 70 of you lot in the building. Let's get us up to 70 likes, people. And I've not even done a subscriber check. How lazy of me. How lazy of me. Let me do the subscriber check. Indeed, people as well. Continue to get your questions in. Obviously, I can't put them up on the comment section because the stream yard was on private and I did it from the YouTube. And don't forget as well, all these Sarcasm City TV specials, people, these C- Sarcasm City TV sports specials will be available on audio-only platforms, people. So SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, type in Sarcasm City TV and you'll be able to listen to the show in audio only. So if you don't want to be on YouTube... But yeah, go on. Fucking love that, mate. Fucking love that, mate. Um, yeah, man. Now, it's interesting the point you've raised. It, the thing with Ten Hag, I think he's actually got potential to be a world-class coach, you know? I think he already kind of like... It, do you know, like an unproven world-class coach? I get what you say. He's He super impressed me in the first season because I did not expect to do him to do what he did. He exceeded all my yeah. expectations. All of my expectations. I was like, okay. And the way now, he's handled certain situations as well, I go, I like it. I'm the same. There's a lot of things I've enjoyed. Like not not enjoyed as a Liverpool fan, but enjoyed. If I'm looking for a football club to now get better, yeah, I'm waiting yeah, for decisions yeah. to prove that you're going to get better. He's made yeah. those decisions, so mm-hmm. I think that he is good in those senses. Where I question is the football club. I question mm-hmm. like the That's owners right. until you get those new owners. I then That's question how much ownership or how much say. Does Ten Hag have on these players? And if it's a lot, then that matters. You know what I mean? That yeah. now matters on how the direction of the football club could go. Um, the only thing is, is this new system or is this change in what he was intending to do going to work? And if it doesn't and work, that's then the how much thing. is it not going to work, you know? It, yeah, that's on him. And that's why I believe all the signings are his because I look at him and go, I can now identify for the first time in a long time and go, that's a Manchester United player in regards to fitting the system. Whether I rate the player or not, yep. I'm like, I can identify what, like Mason Mount's a prime example. A player I don't want, I yep. didn't want, sorry, but I can understand why Ten Hag wants him. Amrabat, I can see why yep. he wants him. Hoyland, who we just, I get it. Because for yep. the longest time, you can still with Klopp. You could identify, I could say, oh, that's a Liverpool player. He suits what Klopp's trying to do. Oh, that's a Manchester yep. City player. With So I like the fact that we've gone in that direction. And like I said, the style, I don't really have an issue with. It's just the personnel. You've said it. Can Mason Mount be a part of a team that wins a Premier League or a Champions League? Yes. But the other play, what people fail to realise is them other, them other players have to be quality. They have to be top-notch. Because people like to do with you. Like, oh, well, they did yep. such and such with Lovren and Wijnaldum and Henderson in the midfield. All right, get, get me Van Dyke, Robertson, Trent, Mane, Salah, and Firmino quality players. I shut up. If we had Mason Mount and we had players of the quality I just mentioned there, cool. I shut up. I go, you know what? We 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 gonna compete and we gonna win some big trophies, but we don't have that. This is what people fail to realize. Fact. Look at the team. People keep saying, Oh, why don't you think Manchester United can challenge? Did we did we get new players and I missed it? I'm saying that I fall asleep for 24 hours. Look at the team. <laughs> and I was saying this all last season where people are like, oh, are you in a title charge? Look at the team. We yeah. don't create and score enough goals. We got 58 goals. 18 of them was yeah. from Rashford. 
We had one player who got double-figure goals last season. And this ties back into the original point we was making in regards to why I think you lot will finish above us. I think you would just outscore teams. And even though your defence is not at the level you want it to be at, it's good enough. It's good enough. Like, and we're not talking about, we're not saying about good enough to win the league. We're saying good enough to finish above Manchester United in second place. That's why. I look at Arsenal, have the Havertz signing. I think so. The Havertz signing I go on, it's like, if he plays midfield, I think that's detrimental to what they do. Now, if you don't play Havertz and it's Rice Pye, Odegaard in there and it's Jesus up top, they'll be up there with you lot and fighting yeah. you up for second. But again, yeah. this is the 31st of July we're debating it. So that's why I've said when I look at it and go, I think you will be the closest team to City because I think you're constructed the best currently. Well, what are you saying on that in regards to Arsenal as well or anyone else? And that's what happens when when you dig into a claim like that, you know what I mean, chat? You get to a, mm. you get to a fundamental uh, reason. I, do you know what? Now I see your logic. Now I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. I suppose it's, it's a mixture of maybe a little bit of doubt of what we're going to do for the rest of the window just based on yeah. previous windows. Um, culminated with possibility like we could possibly do these things but based yes. on track records we don't do everything we need to do so it's a, it's a splitting thing and then you've also got to consider well we was way worse than Arsenal last season it weren't a bit worse it was way worse right. yeah, and this was. is a completely new team so what we're, what I'm doing or what I'm having to do, and it's the same with you when you come to that conclusion, you're now putting your trust in the idea these players are actually going to be good enough and that the right. talent identification here is spot on and these are going to really improve and elevate the team. And I don't think that's hard to say. I don't think it's hard to say going from being, like going exactly. from Milner and Henderson to McAllister and um, Sobberstein. I don't think it's hard to say that <laughs> these are better options. You know what I mean? Um, I'm looking at it. It's like, just I how... be wrong. Don't get mistaken from a United fan perspective, but I look at it and go... They're doing business. And they score, create and score. They created and scored goals before those two got it. Goal scoring's yeah. not been a problem for you lot last season. I don't know how many goals <laughs> it was, but I know you scored goals. Yeah. So now you've just added more creativity and more goals to that. Yeah, defensively is an issue. But like I said, we're not talking about winning the league. We're talking about being the best of the rest. Better than yeah. a Manchester United that struggled to score goals and create. Um yeah. Arsenal team that Jesus came out and said, right, ah, we were nervous. They bottled it. So that's a mentality issue. Newcastle, yep. we don't know where they're going to be at. They also struggle to score goals. So I look at it and go, what's the competition? That's why even though I predicted us to finish in the top four, it's not because I think Manchester United are fantastic. I don't rate the other teams like that. Yep. Like if other teams get it together, then it's a whole different conversation. You lot had a terrible season and still almost pipped us to fourth. <laughs> you, lot had a, you lot could have had a worse season. Liverpool, like we had a great season. United fans, myself, yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it, exceeded expectations. Liverpool had a horrific season and still almost be last day. It was the last, what was it? The last game week day, seventh day, eight, that you lot yeah, were still I think in it the was race. A couple of games, yeah, like two couple games, of games before the end. It was a couple of games where it could have been wow. and you lot ended up finishing fifth. We got third. But you think about where we was in January and it was yes. there was no hope. There was no chance. It was you lot and Liverpool who I mean you lot and Chelsea, everyone was running bants around in mid-table clashes. Because when you lot played, I think you were ninth and they were tenth or yeah. something like that. So like people like context. I don't just look at the table at the end of the season, I remember everything that went on beforehand and it's the same with Arsenal. You mentioned it. They had an incredible season in regards to their start, especially the first two thirds. Do I see that happening again? No. They have a mentality issue. They do because like I said, Jesus coming out and saying we were nervous is just basically, it's the same, it's a different branch of the same tree. Bald it. Yeah. 
there's a lot to be questions about Arsenal at the moment, isn't there? For sure, there, 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 is a, there is a lot to be questioned. I think there's a lot of positives that you can take out of what they're doing, the volume of players that they've bought in. Yeah. But now, if but if the mentality isn't there, you can be as good as you want on the ball. It doesn't really matter. Um, and that's what Arsenal happened. I understand what you're saying because they were great on the ball last season. They were one of the most exciting teams last season. Yeah, but, but it was in those big moments. And then when you get the players coming out themselves admitting we were nervous, and then you consider... You know, apparently, you know, the greatest captain in the league last year in Jaha, now gone. <laughs> the greatest captain. <laughs> that matters. That matters. I, only because I never understood the Jaha thing. I know he was all right. I know he was slightly overhated at the peak. Uh, but I didn't understand the fundamentals of saying Jaha is so, so, so good. And then now he's out the team. And we think the mentality of the team is going to increase. Um that, that that that's a that's a point to, to mention to be fair. So although two plus two isn't always the exact answer in football, you know it's still important to mention that the biggest leader in recent time for Arsenal's gone, and that was what their problem was last year was a mentality issue. So that could go in our favour for sure. You could. And where do you stand with the Havertz um, signing? Where are you at with he that? He's fine. He is fine. Like he is. Talk about. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan either. It's just one of those. One second, go on, carry on. Nobody's yeah. I'm I'm not a fan chat. I'm just one of those people where when I analyze Kai Havertz, I think he's a good player. I just question the overall impact and increase that he's going to have on the team. You know, where I sit on on Kai Havertz is he can do something. He can add something. But now I analyse the, the positions of Arsenal. OK, they've got Gabriel Jesus, and I don't think he's better than Gabriel Jesus. Therefore, he's not going to start about Gabriel Jesus. They don't play... They, OK, Odegaard, will he play above Odegaard? I don't think he'll play above Odegaard, but yeah, maybe maybe I could be proven wrong. So already, I don't think he's the best in the two positions that we've known him for at Chelsea. So when people mention the Champions League goal and when people mention his best performances at Chelsea, he will not be playing that position at Arsenal. So it's okay to be versatile, but if you are 6 out of 10 for everything, then that doesn't really matter. You're not getting a world-class player in any position. What you are getting is a 6 foot 2 German, uh, James Milner, playing in these positions versatility-wise. Because, you know, if, he's, if you're saying Kai Havert is good because he can play in the false nine, <laughs> centre right back. <laughs> and by the way, that's disrespectful to James Milner because Milner yeah, was at least a 7 out of 10 in all those positions. I've seen Havert play at 5 out of 10, a false nine, which is supposed to be his best position. You know what I mean? And James Milner's a legend, so chat, definitely don't mis misinterpret what I've just said there. But the point the point is, if you're going to say Havert is good, because he, cause basically flawless, this is what I just did. I established yeah, yeah. he's not their best false nine. And yeah. I established he's not better than Odegaard. So he's not going to start above Jesus or over Odegaard. That's something. So then, OK, yeah. if he's not going to start above them two, and he's not going to start in the midfield because it's party and rice, well, now you're saying Havert is good because of versatility which means he would have to play at least a 6 or 7 out of 10 in each position, like James Milner, <laughs> yeah. at a good level. But then I've watched him in these positions at right wing, number 10, false 9, midfield, and he looks like a 4. So that's the only reason why I raise it, because it's not correlating to improve Arsenal overall. No. But then you'll sit there and say, well, Arteta notices something. Now, that is important, I suppose, but it, it, but there's still a huge room for doubt on a Kai Havertz signing. Like, I trust Jürgen Klopp, but then I trusted Jürgen when he got Oxlade and I trusted Jürgen when he got catered and there was things that entailed there that where it just didn't quite work out. 
Um, and I'm very much the same could happen there with Kai Habert for sure. So although Arteta has got good talent ID and he's made good yeah. decisions, there's also a few bad decisions, and this could be one of them. Yeah, I think it's that. Like in terms, but of you know what? The way... flawless. The good thing Go. it adds depth. The last point I'll make before you intercede yeah. is that's cool. It, it adds Plus depth. Kai Havertz adds to the attack in terms of just mm. an option. If Gabriel Jesus gets injured again, he can replace him, and now you've got to rely on him being the main guy. Right, let me ask you a question though, because you mentioned it. Well, do you think Havertz is a better nine than trust, false nine than Trossard? I forgot about Trossard. <laughs> I forgot about Trossard. <laughs> no, I didn't. I forgot about him. My point, do you think he's a better number nine, false nine central option than Trossard? He signed Jorginho as well, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, wow. This is the point I'm getting. I'm glad you're here because some Arsenal fans try to get on my case about this. And I'm like, let's stop acting. By the like way, this is I just want Arsenal fans to take out. We, we, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're on the same page. I'm an appreciator of Trossard. I think he's a nice player. Yeah, Trossard's quality. Do you I'm agree? He's quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trossard's quality. That's I only know because he making. fucked us when he played for Brighton, lads. I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, he, did, he, did he score the hat trick? Or was it a brace? Oh. Did he score a hat trick? Uh, he always scored against us. It didn't matter. Like, he just scored. Do you know, like, what Jota is to Arsenal? He was to yeah, us. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, wow, that's really made me think, yeah. Oh, okay. This is the point I'm making. All right, let's flip He's going to play in midfield then, isn't he? And that's let's not good. Let's flip that, though. Martinelli gets... <laughs> that's not good. Martinelli gets injured. Is Havertz a better left winger than Trossard? Nah. No. He's not. Is he, is, He's if, not a better... Havertz isn't better than Trossard. Trossard than anything. anything. So, like, that's what it is when people say, because you mentioned their depth. is like, all right, where is he oh, on the depth chart? One, yeah. Where is he on the depth chart? Like, you got Smith-Rowe. You got Smith-Rowe? He ain't better than Smith-Rowe out wide left. Oh, oh, do you know what, Mad, do you know, and I want Arsenal fans to actually appreciate what I'm about to say. I'd have, even before he joins Arsenal, I'd have said mm. Smith Rowe over Havertz. If you tell me at Liverpool who mm. would you rather take, I'm taking Smith Rowe over Havertz. So don't think that I'm don't think I'm trying to add to a huge Havertz agenda right now. I'm giving you a sincere opinion amongst many what I believe sincere opinions that he's just not that good. <laughs> like well, even Chelsea fans. They would say he's not good, but we believe he can be good. So now Arsenal have decided they've all got off that train, and Arsenal fans have gone on the We're train. On that train, of, yeah, and I'm on that good. train. You mentioned it. That, you mentioned it earlier when you spoke about Nunes and what it can be. No, let's talk yeah. about what it is because people say, "Oh, right he's right now." Leverkusen. Let's talk about the right here, right now. How's he been at Chelsea? Yes. Awful. We all know he's been awful at Chelsea. We've Massive watched him with our two eyes, like it is. Player, and you sure. mentioned him in central midfield. He's not a better midfielder than Partey or Rice. And then he he's not better than the attackers. And he's not better than the attackers. This is the point. So now the question we've got to raise is, what's the right-back situation saying? <laughs> Maybe left-back. Maybe he's left-footed. Maybe he plays left-back. Maybe he plays against... Yeah, I, I think we've established he's one of the centre-mid options. Now we've got a question. <laughs> how good is he in midfield? You know he's what I mean? Off. Like, And he's that's off. where I think, okay, he was very shit as a forward. I, I suppose there is some attributes there that suggest he can be fine. Now, Go on, fine, what are the attributes? Go on, what do you think they are? He's 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 taller than that. Like the thing with Havertz, he's like he's, <laughs> he's tall. Nah, I'm shiny. Nah, I'm for the Arsenal fans now. Seriously, he's tall. There's nah, nothing of what I say right it's now. Yeah. Because there is nothing nah, he's tall, yo. That sounds like my Tinder bio. Someone's Tinder bio. He's tall. You know what I'm saying? He's a POF. 
What I'm leading to yet is that he's got a somewhat physical presence. And then on the ball, he is fine. Now, this is what we've got to establish. He is fine for some. And then for Arsenal, who want to go and compete for the league, I don't think yeah, he's fine to be a league-winning midfielder at all. So yeah. now we've got... Okay, now I see what you're saying. Maybe we might finish second. You know what I mean? Maybe we might. You will. Like, when you look... We're happy to even even with your like deficiencies like you mentioned earlier on in terms of defensive, maybe defensive. another midfield options outside, it's the competition. It's yeah. the competition being great. That's why, like I said, when I'm saying United or finish, or you had said you'd have United as third, which I'm still tossing up between us and Arsenal, but let's I'll stick with that for now. Um, yeah. That's not because we're great. I've said all summer long, we need attackers. We need creativity. Yeah. And even with Hoyland, which I do like, we still need more. We only have one senior striker. Yeah, Sancho can play his false nines. Cool. I still want another striker. We still need to add more creativity. Because who's creating for these guys? That's the issue we have. Yeah. We don't really have creators. We're asking... The ideal world for you guys is Martial being fit constantly, which just is an impossible ask. Yeah, it's impossible. And he looks like finished from the injuries. It finally looks like the injuries have caught up with him. The last few games I've seen him, I was like, you don't even look the same in regards oh, to the speed yeah. and the physicality and, and the quickness. Like, that was the one thing... Never mind how long he got injured for. When he came back, that was still there. Yeah. And then he just seems to have left. But he's been injured a lot. I've been done with Martial. Like it's time to move him on. Go get another striker. Whether that's a senior striker um, above Hoyland, whether it's someone Hoyland's age or somebody younger, go and get another striker. So we're not in the same predicament where Hoyland gets injured or is in poor form, and then we're back to square one with no senior striker because we're playing Sancho false nine. That's it. Like, we need another strike. We're going to go and try and compete in the Premier League. We're in the Champions League, FA Cup, League Cup. Go get, don't have another, oh, it's very cost up top. Like, we don't need all that again. We need better than that. Like, that's what it is. Do you know that day when um, Martial gave Skirtle a new arsehole? I'd have never predicted it would have ended up going that way, you know? Right. Neither did I. Because he Neither came off I. the bench and scored it. Wait, did did he start or come off the bench? It was I one think of the. He three. came off the bench. I think he came wow. off the bench. I saw him on straight goal. away and just slotted a goal past yeah. us. And I was thinking, fucking hell, Mignolet and Skater had no chance there. Like this guy's actually going to be a baller. Like what the fuck, you know what I mean? It was, and then... like, just it, what I think killed him was injuries. Yeah, I think I he agree. was fine. I think it was injuries because the one season he did stay fit, he bad goals is not. Yeah. It was never a talent issue. I never once criticised Martial. Nah, his talent was undisputed. His, like, the talent was there. Just injuries, and that's just some players. Some players yeah. just constantly injured to the point where you don't see them. Pogba's like that. Yeah. Pogba's on a bigger scale. We see at Juventus. Like, when Pogba stayed fit, whether when he was here or whether he was at Juventus previously, he balled out and produced. You see, I always France, say this about Katie, you know, not on the level of a Pogba. Pogba was a completely yeah. different player to be he was with. But Cater was one of those, you know, like he's actually nice technically and he adds to the team. He has the possibility of scoring um, a long range goal. But I think because of how many injuries he gets, it now affects not only how he plays, but how he thinks. Um, if he's going to put in the extra hard yards, is he going to make that? extra extension on the tackle? Will he put as much power into the shot or is he too worried about pulling his hamstring? Like, do you know these type of things? Um, it matters with injury-prone players. Yeah. Massive. Because it can get into your mental and I think that's with Martial as well. 
it interferes with how much you want to run, how much you want to work, how much you want to help, and and that that's a problem. So no, I hear what you're saying. Do you know what I'm going to do, flawless? Well, uh, if you want to read some comments, I'm going to quickly. Yeah. I'll be ten seconds. Jump out yeah, and jump back in. Yeah, cool. No stress, man. No stress. Like, we'll close out shortly. Yeah, but yeah, no stress, man. Hamas will be back in a second, people. I'm just dropping the links, the audio links in the chat as well, people. The SoundCloud, the Spotify, the iTunes, wherever you listen to podcast, people type in Sarcasm City TV, and all the shows will pop up. All the Sarcasm. City TV specials that I will be doing this week where I sit down one on one with the best content creators. We've got Hammers on today. And we're going to have more throughout the rest of the week as well. Just waiting to hear back from people. So that's why the schedule is not there, people. That's why the schedule is not up in regards. I should have one tonight, though, 11 30 p.m. as well. And I'm waiting to hear back from a few others. Some people who have done specials before, some debuts as well. Like Hammers' debut also on um, the special as well. And just to Johnny quickly says, Flawless, what do you think of Onana cooking Maguire, that's good. Players holding players accountable. I like that. If a player makes a mistake, another player should be on his case and vice versa. And that's not just because I don't think Maguire is good enough. If that was Martinez and he made the exact same mistake and Onana did that, I'd be sat here saying the exact same thing. Same way if Onana makes a mistake, this is good. Players have to hold each other accountable. Let's start holding each other to, to um, high standards. I like the fact players are debating and arguing and he's doing that game one good. Like, being personalities, like, it shows that you lot care. You lot are trying to win. Yes, pattern up, step your game up, and you need that. 110%. 110%. But, Hamas, anything you want to discuss that I may not have asked you, you want to get off your chest, maybe Liverpool-related, or maybe something completely different. Something here I'm saying. You I, wanna... think, I think we've yeah, covered go. a lot of bases. I got to get me Darwin Nunes' agenda out there. <laughs> I got to be able to talk about a few things. I got to question whether or not we'll win the league or not, which is always fun. I think I'm good, but I've really enjoyed this. This was boss, lad. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for jumping on. Like I said, I've been meaning Thank to get you on when I've done the Sarcasm City TV specials, uh, but it just didn't work out in terms of time. But it was good to have you on to make your debut on this. Uh, to Black Diamond, saying? who says, Hammers, we need you here weekly, please. Yeah, man, Hammers already knows he's got an open slot on. I might United have Liverpool to I might have to give what people want, you know? I might have to give. Might have to give. Yeah, I like the late night Tuesday show. That one, that one's vibey, man. That's yeah, a vibey yeah, yeah. show. That's, that's going to be the regular. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So people, obviously, that will be back. The Manchester United Liverpool show. Obviously, you got myself on there. You got Saint. You got Rams. Hammers will drop in as well, like he has done previously, and that will continue throughout the entire season, people. So don't worry about that. But yeah, man. Yo, Hammers, man. Great having you on. Like I said, in particular for the special, it's all about just giving people their flowers and for the great work that they do as well. And yo, just continue. Let them know where they can find you, what you got coming up, all that good stuff as well. Thank you, brother. Um, James Redman TV on YouTube, James Redman 97 on both Instagram and TikTok. If you want Twitter, which I wouldn't advise, but if you want it, it's James Redman 96 instead. Um, so yeah, man, now nah, chat, big up yourselves. Please, if I can ask anything as well, by the way, just because like uh, Flawless has helped me a lot with my channel in the past. We always help each other, but then the only way we grow is by the people who watch me liking this video and the people who watch yeah. Flawless liking this video. I want to put the emphasis on liking the video just because mm -hmm. you might think it's just us trying to flex, believe me. YouTube likes don't get us girls in the pubs, all right? But what it does <laughs> do is it gets us in the algorithms and that in turn increases viewership, increasing revenue for the content creator, enabling us to do this on a more regular basis. So all your support's amazing, whether it's in a financially supportive way or if it's just by smashing a like, which is completely free. Just means we can do it more often, chat. So please, 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 let's get that increase on the likes, okay? Um, and yeah, brother, thank you for having me. Really yeah, man, anytime, it. hit the like button, subscribe. James's channel is in the title, people. So you click the link in the title, it opens up a new tab. 
know what I'm saying? Click the link in the title. Opens up a new tab. Not only can you subscribe to his channel, you can find all his socials, like he said, his Instagram, his TikTok, etc., etc. But yeah, man, love to everyone who has tuned in. We're going to keep these Sarcasm City TV specials running the entire week, and they got a lot to follow because obviously it's opening up with Hamas as well. So I'm glad you lot have enjoyed it. I see the comments here on the other laptop. Jeez, I could be the pilot for the show, you know. Jeez, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, man, 100%. You started off this week, kicked it off this week. You know what I'm saying? I went to, that's why when you said what time, I was like, yeah, I want to start this with Hamas. I can't remember who started the last time I did this because occasionally I'll just be like, I'll pick a week and be like, all right, I'm just running Sarcasm City TV specials. I like to give con I like to give people their flowers while they're still nah, here. That's what's people sick like, about you, bro. Yeah, I feel you. People wait until people pass to say, oh, switch and switch. Nah, nah, nah. Give people their flowers now. That's why I run these. Also, because I'm a fan as well. So I'm like, and I know the chat appreciate it as well. Because people say, oh, why don't you get switch and switch on? I'm like, everyone's just busy. That's all it is with yeah, in, the, in the content creator space. Everybody is even, busy. Yeah, even, even <laughs> I'll struggle getting people on yeah. and whatnot as well. You know everyone's what I mean? Like, busy. It's not that we, everyone doesn't want to link up. It's just that I'll have a show at six. Hammers is on at half six. Somebody else is on at seven. Someone else is on at eight. People, that's that's all it is. Do you know what? Oh, do you know why it's problem. tough as well? Because it'd be a financially yeah. difficult thing to split. But wouldn't it be just quite cool if there was like a YouTube football and fan headquarters where all of us were in? And I'm yes. talking everyone. People who yes. like each other, don't like each other. It'd be mad, but it'd be funny. <laughs> yes. Like think about think about if you got us all in in something like that, like a big brother house, and we're all in the same place, bro. <laughs> that would be nah, fine, bro. That just be might be the most fiery TV show in the UK. <laughs> That year, is, get that, to that is the one you need someone yeah someone gotta put their money up for that that would well, be fine we need to put the we need Saudi to come in for that because the only way we're <laughs> exactly. all gonna agree to like get into a room together and like like because I'm just thinking I won't say them but like I'm thinking of certain combinations in my head of people who don't like each other in this space and I'm thinking I need to see this. I would love to see this because I am a shitbag. I just like to see bullshit happen. You know what I mean? Like that would be fire though. If someone's like put up the concept, like you said, sitting like a big brother, or we were just producing content in regards to football, it'd be fire. That'd be sick. And it just has a bunch of podcast rooms and a watch along yes. rooms where Everton fans can watch it with Liverpool fans. And oh, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. We've exactly just came up with a golden idea there for all that stuff. Yeah, if anyone takes it, we need a percentage. Yeah, yeah. 100 percent Hey, if I would if I became a millionaire tomorrow, I'd set out. I'd run something like that. All I'm saying, if there's if if there's any sheiks watching the show. Give a shout. I've got it all thought out in the head. I just need a few finances. Okay, we can create some fire here. Come on. Yeah, I love that. And we're going to end on that note, people. You know what I'm saying? Love to everybody who's locked in. Hit the like button, subscribe. Back with the next special, 11.30pm. Keep an eye out on that. But this has been the first Sarcasm City TV special of the week with the man James Redmond, a.k.a. James Redmond in the building, live on the Sarcasm City TV YouTube. Thank you very much for tuning in.